Hey, Ampies! Happy War on Christmas time! <laughs> it's intro time, and Morgan has turned out another <laughs> brilliant script. Can you tell I'm not reading these in advance? <laughs> Morgan, what's in the news these days? Thank you for asking, LaToya. In Empire Diaries news, there's not a ton to report. For Book Club this month, we're finishing our coverage of Meg Cabot's Mediator series. It's about a teen girl who can talk to ghosts and loves to do punches. We'll be doing our normal Zoom webinar on December 18th at 11 a.m. PST. So if you haven't finished the book yet, get on it. Also on Patreon, we have all of our Season 3 Legacies coverage and episodes for the first three episodes of Season 4, which have been really fun to discuss so far. I'm doing a thumbs up. Mm -hmm. If you'd like more episodes, please shame Morgan on a social media platform of your choosing. And now with some reviews, Jill, Morgan, I hate this. (laughs) I'm I'm having a great time. (laughs) Hey guys, we have two five-star reviews to share with you today. As always, thanks so much for leaving these, smiley face. (laughs) We only get notifications for our US reviews. So if you review us from somewhere else, please send us an email or slide into our DMs to let us know so we can check and make sure it gets read. And just to be clear, uh, the war on Christmas joke, that was mine. I had to change it from Morgan's terrible joke. I said happy Honda days. Yeah, happy (laughs) Honda days. No. But um, Latoya, will you please read your next line? Yes, I'm going to read it directly from the script. (laughs) But if you you don't rate us five stars, go die. (laughs) R.I.P. to anyone who rates us four stars or less. (laughs) Absolutely. It's what you deserve. (laughs) It's a good script. I worked hard on it. Oh, man. Okay. So our first review comes to us from Madrid. Woo! From, oh no, Paropita. Called Loving This. Listening from Madrid. Love the podcast, guys. Please do the whole series. So much fun. Fantastic hostess. Thanks. Thank you for doing this. I'm going to rewatch the whole saga because of you. Thank you. That's so sweet. And our next review is from the UK. Do it in a British accent, Jill. (laughs) No, you don't want that. (laughs) Right. It's from... I was just going to try and I... give, (laughs) Give Bonnie rights. That's... American. We respect this person. <laughs> Go in and out of doing a British accent. How about I'll, that? I'll see what I can do. Okay. So from Give Bonnie Rights, we have Heightened Baby. I'm, <laughs> I'm so stressed. There's one word it'll be good to try the accent on, and you'll find it quite naturally within the script. Okay. Okay. Honestly, just thank you for this podcast. I started watching TVD last year, mostly to have something to talk about on a very long car journey with my friend who's a fan. Fast forward eight seasons and the originals, and obviously I'm obsessed. I love hearing the gang discuss the ins and outs of this brilliant, hi, I'm British, (laughs) but shall we say heightened on the show, heightened show. (laughs) Clearly I cannot read. You're doing great. Let's just keep it American. (laughs) I don't want to add anything else. (laughs) LaToya's references make me feel like someone gets it. I'm having trouble sleeping. Come on. (laughs) Morgan basically is Caroline in my mind. Icon, legend, moment, etc. No. (laughs) And Jill, can I just say, as someone who doesn't talk a lot, I am so happy every time you speak on this podcast. (laughs) You're so lovely. Please keep telling us your thoughts. I'm doing my best. I'm trying. (laughs) 
Thanks, Ampies, for getting me through this weird old year. Aww. Thank you. Thanks. And thanks for those reviews, Jill. Those two people will be spared our wrath. How <laughs> nice to be them. Before we wrap up over here, I'd like to tell you a little bit about this week's episode. We'll be covering episode four of season one of the originals entitled Girl in New Orleans. Netflix describes this episode as the one where Rebecca is determined to get to the bottom of a strange encounter with Elijah, while Marcel lets Davina out for a night at the music festival. It's fiddle boy time? Yeah. But the Rebecca thing is just like describing her doing Bing maps. Yep. (laughs) But yes, it most certainly is fiddle boy time. Mm -hmm. And now, without further... ah, Further, I can say words. We're all doing it. Without further ado, say it in a British accent. (laughs) (laughs) Oi! Hello, governor. (laughs) Hello, governor. Without further ado, the Empire Diaries. Oh, right, in it. (laughs) (laughs) It's Tuesday. (laughs) It's on the telly. (laughs) You talk like you're from London. London. Hello and welcome to the Empire Diaries. We know the risk, but we have to podcast no matter what you say. If you have a problem with it, suck it. I'm one of your hosts, Latoya Ferguson. I'm Morgan Ludich, and I also invite you to suck it. <laughs> I'm Jill Dayfield, and I would also like to invite you to suck it. <laughs> and today we are talking about season one, episode four of the originals, Girl in New Orleans. I think this is a terrible title. The titles for these episodes are awful. Which girl is this referring to? Davina? Davina? Or possibly Cammy. She's new to this city, apparently. Yeah, I thought it was Davina because now she's like, she's out in the city in this episode. So she's she's just a normal girl in New Orleans. Like, that's what her, her goal is, and that's what her want is in this episode. Um, but also, who cares? Fiddle <laughs> boyfriend. Truly some, like, Derek Hale cello girlfriend ass bullshit. <laughs> oh yeah, cello girlfriend. <laughs> Number Teen Wolf, Derek Hale and his cello girlfriend. Ah. <laughs> uh. I, I, you know what? I would take cello girlfriend over fiddle boy any day. Fiddle boy? That's what I'm calling him. I fucking love a fiddle. <laughs> Wish me love a fiddle boy. <laughs> uh, um, Jill. Yeah. What'd you think of this episode of the originals? I liked I I was predicting a lot of it, which was fun. I was enjoying that happens. Um but yeah, I I didn't hate it. I know you guys don't like Davina or Cammy, but I was like Along for the ride. I was having a good time. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I was also very relieved that um, Marcel is not romantically interested in Davina and is more father-like, which was good. I was confer- I was concerned for a second. <laughs> mm. but, yeah, uh, that'd be We're upsetting. in the clear. 
yeah, he is her father. Um, yeah. Oh, God. I didn't even father know you were father. worried about that. Yeah, I feel yeah. like I made it clear that he was her dad, but I guess, no. I uh, I don't know. Maybe you did, and it just left my brain, and then this episode started, and I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. But- <laughs> We've all been burned before. <laughs> LaToya, what are your feelings on this episode from, you know, your first watch and even this one? Um, so I remember this episode to be this out on the town and Fiddle Boy is, um, was it Krav Maga Boy? It's, I don't think it's, it's karate. It's Krav Maga Boy from Pretty Little Liars. Holden. Mm-hmm. And it's like, is he a? No, he's just like, has, I think like a disease, but he's doing martial arts. Is he friends with Hannah? Is that no Aria? Oh, okay. What do they they talk about? Oh, okay, God, I can't yeah, yeah. Shit. So here, here is what it is. Um, he had an aneurysm, and then he Ooh. was doing a Korean martial arts, even though his parents forbid him, and that was the the thing he was uh. doing instead of being a. <laughs> they also yeah, thought he was gay, apparently, because they think this guy's gay and not Hannah's boyfriend, who was very clearly gay, but they never made him gay. Whatever. That's something else. Hmm. That, okay, now I'm remembering that he was, like, doing martial arts even though it might kill him, which yeah. is the funniest thing in the world for a teenage boy to be doing. <laughs> no, if, ha- you, if you have an aneurysm, if martial arts is going to be the thing that does you in. I Yeah, that was a very specifically, uh, like, ABC family diagnosis for him that was, like, if he does karate too much, if he does taekwondo just wrong, he'll die. <laughs> very silly <laughs> what a show mm-hmm. yes they thought he was gay because he uh was allowing uh, aria to cuck him because basically <sighs> she pretended to date him so she could go fuck around with ezra and he was like okay so like he must be gay and it's like no some dudes like like i feel like he's just a nerdy enough dude that he's like cool aria's talking to me i'll do whatever she wants apparently i don't want to be a dick have your like doomed romance that somehow you do end up together whatever disgusting disgusting <laughs> what a fucking show uh but that's not the point yes so fiddler from pretty little liars so you know that's where we are in time mm-hmm. uh and just to, to reference pretty little liars one time uh, one more time. Uh, let's never forget that Claire Holt was an Emily love interest. She was. She after after Maya before Maya died, but like after they broke up, she was like Samara. Yeah, she was Emily's rebound. Oh, I only remember Moe's from Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide, who um, whose opening move was trying to drown her in the pool, and well, then two, you know, da- two episodes later, they were on a date. The stands are going to come get you for mentioning that. I sorry, but I can never forget that Jill. Jill, this was so crazy, and I have to tell you about it. And essentially, I have just told you about it by telling you this. But like, the deal is that like. Emily's gay and we meet her and she's like I don't like kissing my boyfriend what's that about (laughs) and I'm like honey her um, boyfriend who is Josh from the originals really (laughs) stop (laughs) her asshole boyfriend is our adorable cute gay Josh iconic okay so yeah here is Claire Claire, um, on Real Liars always wearing a hat because she is a lesbian (laughs) Oh my god, remember this was when we were having everyone wear hats. Good, 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 good. Oh, oh, okay, the hat is actually kind of bringing it back to me. All right. 
Yeah. She was always wearing that damn hat. Oh, good for her. She's she a looks so happy. <laughs> we had Claire Holt and Jay Mitchell make it out on TV, and we took that for granted. That is rude of us. <laughs> so then Shay Mitchell's like, I, you know, I, I am, I'm gay. And then, but I'm, but I'm not, now. I'm just gonna focus on the swim team because I had this whole thing with uh, with Bianca Lawson, and it did not shake out well. But I'm, I'm on my swim team. I'm on my swim team. But then I have this rival, Mose from Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide. And then one day she's swimming, and she's like late. You know, she's staying late. And then fucking Mose sees her and then just dunks her and holds her head under the pool for a long time. And like essentially is gonna drown her. And I can't remember what interrupts them. And then like either at the end of that episode or the next one, or very soon after, sh- sh- this Mose just kisses Emily out of nowhere, and she's like, What the fuck? fuck is up with you and then another episode later she's like will you go with me to like a gay bar because i really don't want to go alone and then it's a date and they do karaoke and then they're girlfriends and i'm like but what about the attempted murder do they sing is it pink and is it razor glass is that the song in my mind it is I but sure i it's pink. i can't tell i'm just reminded okay so Samara, which is Claire's character, is enlisted by Moe's Paige, who's like enlisted to help her with coming out to her father. But then Paige blows her off. But you know who's there? Emily. So Emily and Samara get together. <laughs> so there's a triangle between, you know, the sweet girl that Emily meets and this mm-hmm. girl who drowns her. Now, before we before we cease talking about Pretty Little Liars, because I can because I can see Jill needs us to move on um <laughs> is samara isn't that the name of the girl from the ring yeah it is <laughs> why did they do claire hold so dirty like that <laughs> after the fucking girl from the ring <laughs> was that show that show that only made references to like the 1930s and it's like hey this teenage girl's favorite actress is laura bacall and her girlfriend is named the same as the girl from the ring <laughs> i mean the old hollywood stuff actually was cool that stuff was good and um riverdale wishes look i'm a teenage girl and my favorite book is the bad seed <laughs> <laughs> I just love when Arya referenced Great Gatsby, the only book they've ever read. And Hannah's like, what? What are you talking about? Well, Hannah's never read a book. The Great Gatsby is the civil war of Pretty Little Liars. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so oh. many, like, excuses for all of them to be in, like, black and white movie clothes. It's, it's wild. Um, uh... So I'm gonna gonna transition seamlessly back into talking about Girl in New Orleans. Uh, for me, um, this is oh, yeah. the episode. I, I, I think I've oh, only yeah. talked about the PLL part. Oh, of- please, yes, yeah, please. <laughs> what else did I remember about this episode? Uh, <laughs> as I interrupt you, nothing. Like, nothing. <laughs> it is just like, the vibes of because uh, I did. I remembered uh, Father Kieran because Do- Todd Stashwick can get it. As I, as I mm-hmm. did say in the chat, his voice. He has a very good voice. Hmm. Yeah, so I remember that I was so ex- I was excited to see him. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, um, it is the the massacre is like again. I told you how I was like, are they just doing expression? And it's like <laughs> nine people died. I'm like, that's three less than expression. It could still be expression though, right? I spent this entire first season being like, but 
is an expression that's happening here. To be fair, it was planted very heavily in your mind uh, during last year's programming from this group of people. It's basically like I had to make season four make sense. And the fact that there were two New Orleans episodes and one was unrelated to this. So I'm like, expression has to factor into this season of television. Like it has to. That's logic. No. (laughs) No. (laughs) But it doesn't. (laughs) How Um, dare I even consider that? Stop trying to make this make sense. I'm trying to help them. (laughs) They don't want it. They don't want your help. (laughs) They didn't ask for this. (laughs) Nobody ever does. (laughs) But yes, Morgan, you go now. You can talk now. Um, I, I would just say, uh, I was like waiting for Elijah to come back. This episode feels really like so many episodes of this first season of the originals feel like, okay, just one more status quo change. And then we're going to be into the like plot of the season. And I feel like that happens like every episode for the next like 13 episodes yeah because i told you like yesterday right or whatever we were last recording it like episode 13 is when things happen yeah 13 yeah and and that it feels like i'm i i am very confused i'm like what are you waiting for the whole time and obviously like they're waiting for like daniel gillies to be back from maternity leave they're waiting for claire to sign her contract or whatever but um it's it's just it feels like such a like weird holding pattern and there's still a lot of like exposition about stuff you already know if you watched the vampire diaries like, or like, even the show he explains compulsion in, ep- in episode 4 we we get it yeah and i liked i liked but would that new, did- would new viewers get it or does it, do they need to like really hit that one home it depends like i mean the, what honestly is the truth is that it depends and the thing is this show I think is real. This show and Jane the Virgin are two shows that I think are built really well for delivering exposition. Like with Jane the Virgin, like thanks to the narrator, you could essentially like slip any network note like into anywhere you needed to, like through mm-hmm. VO. Like that was really easy. And with the way, um, uh, like. Julie Pluck, Kevin Williamson dialogue works. These characters are constantly wittily restating all the things that have happened to them in ways that I find lovely, entertaining, and charming. So it it is weird to come across exposition that feels super wooden from these people. And I think it's because these characters have like really different rhythms. Like they are not the characters of the Vampire Diaries. So they kind of like can't just state and restate all the stuff that's happened to them like in a snappy way because the vibe of this show is really different like it's a moody goth like romantic thing as opposed to the like slightly slightly snappier moody goth romantic like, funny thing that the vampire yeah. diaries is Haley could be the kind of character giving the exposition but she's on the outside so she can't do that you know 
Haley, the point of view character, arguably who the show should be about, um, is constantly on the fringes in a way that is really confusing. At least in this episode, she gets to actively do something and like kick ass and like not that like beating people up in the woods is the only thing you can do to make your character active. There are other things, but that's a good one. Uh, and but it's still just like because it also why isn't she? touching the main story yeah, it also doesn't help that it, like, like we said the claire and, and daniel thing like we don't have the siblings interacting and i know jill i'm gonna say it we need more flashbacks because <sighs> part of the appeal of this show is that you're gonna get like the mythology of the michelson family and we get just like just seeing them in like the dream in like their old timey costumes that was cool but i'm like i want more <laughs> like I I did like that. That was like Mind Palace shit. I liked that. Yeah, like you want to see Henrik before he died at a at a young age. You want to? What would that add to the story? Well, I can't tell you that because of spoilers. (laughs) I guess. And and I'll agree to a certain extent, and also disagree because, like, I, I think the main thing is there is too much stuff like in the past on the sides and not enough like central moving forward like propulsive storytelling which is a thing these people have never had a problem with before Mm. it's really weird to see them flounder in this specific way um Mm. I'm very confused by it. I think the issue is also, and that's why I say more flashback, is because when the show was announced, everyone thought it was a prequel series. Mm -hmm. Because that made the most sense. And now we're seeing it's not. And we're seeing the struggles of it being a modern day series. I think that's fair. And I think that, like, I, I don't think there's any reason that there shouldn't be, like, a full like flashback plot threaded through this series like every season that it's like this is an enemy from the past and you have to know that story to understand this story when you're people who live this long like the past comes back and it radiates outward and it affects like the future Mm -hmm. and the present and all that stuff like I think that would be a cool way to do that but I think this season does get better about it and I feel like if if it started doing it right now because it might just be episode count because I feel like it kind of gives up what like the actual thing is of the season if it's with when the flashbacks really start for the season yeah because yeah. we just had like little tastes but you know i don't even think joel i don't think you could guess who the big bad is no yeah. davina klaus i'm gonna kill you <laughs> have we met the big bad <laughs> yes we have yep i forget father kieran <laughs> but he's so hot he is. <laughs> he is. Yeah, you can kind of get it. Uh, should we uh, jump right in? Have we done enough preamble, you guys? I feel that we have. Yeah. <laughs> Never enough preamble. <laughs> More stalling. Uh, so we do the peas. Klaus wants to be king. Uh, we open <laughs> in the church. Uh, Klaus is doing voiceover about the nature of evil. Um I think there is there is a big attempt at having a theme in this episode um, that I think ends up not feeling super uh, that ends up feeling like very laid on top of it rather than baked into it. But what are you going to do? Um, <laughs> and also, the church is apparently where Davina lives. You just say you said the church, and you're like, well, what church, Morgan? Yes, fair enough. St. Anne's Catholic Church, which is uh, Davina lives in the attic on top of this church, which like we kind of hammer home in this episode. 
Um, so Davina is like unstabbing and re-stabbing Elijah. Um, and then at the Michelson's house, Klaus is hanging out with Cammy and he's like looking at all his paintings. Yeah, um, he is giving an insane voiceover and then they reveal, no, he's telling this to a person. And she <laughs> is not like, I need to go. If I heard all of this, I'd be like, so I'm about to be murdered. <laughs> I better get the fuck out of here. And we know she's not yet been compelled. So she's just insane. But she thinks he's hot. <laughs> which is crazy given what he is saying. This is like, oh, so you're a hot serial killer, which is the truth. Look. <laughs> Um, like I, I am not, I, I am not one to be like, if like a guy is evil, that he can't be hot because look at my history with every <laughs> fictional your character. Current t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a, I'm in a, I'm in a Kylo Ren. I uh, love my space I on this podcast shirt. With people? <laughs> um, sorry, but um, but seriously, honey, run out of here. This is no good. <laughs> Even I wouldn't enjoy this. So Klaus is like, you're here because I enjoy your company. And I sense that you have the capacity for understanding someone of my complexity. And I'm like, ew. (laughs) I think I'm really deep and complicated. And I think you're like maybe smart enough to get it. She also thinks (laughs) she's very deep and complicated. So... I'm so like in that way they deserve each other. Like I will say, like yeah, Klaus and Cammy work if Klaus is his absolute most insufferable self. And I'm like, yeah, they are a match if he does not grow, change, or become anything interesting. Like they make sense that she is someone who can endlessly listen to him talk about himself, and she can pick it apart and tell him that it's totally possible he could get better if he just did those things. And Klaus can just be like, well, I'm not going to do any of those things and i compel you to not care moving on and then they I do mean, it over and over again and it's that cycle <laughs> not interesting to me it's i uh, are we gonna talk about i don't believe in evil as a diagnosis we should because what a line i cackled <laughs> so yeah he's like i wanna he's like there are these two ladies there's a pregnant lady and there's a girl uh, being held captive. And I want to help both of these women. Does that sound evil to you? And Cammy says, I don't believe in evil as a diagnosis. Bitch, you better. <laughs> what does she think about Nazis? <laughs> I think you can't diagnose anyone as evil if you're like a medical doctor. But that's but not like, what she's saying, basically. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. I, it's silly. <laughs> I'm just like, would Cammy vote for Trump? I spent most of this episode thinking. Yes. I don't know her very well, but yeah. She'd probably be like, she'd say she's an independent or like, <laughs> what is it, libertarian? Yeah, she'd be a libertarian, yeah. Yeah. See, I feel like she's like a, like she would like, like Mike Pence. Like she's like, obviously like Donald Trump's like, like a lot but like mike pence is a really good man and i think that like we're good <laughs> we're being really terrible to <laughs> see this is what you guys are saying she would vote for fucking trump i, I mean, said she's a libertarian she's a blonde white woman of course Fair she voted enough. for trump oh good lord um prove me wrong I can't. I and I and I don't care to. Like I, I honestly <laughs> it's so hard for me to talk about Cammy because 
I find her so aggressively ineffective as a character. Like I I truly check out when she's on screen. And I feel bad about that because obviously my job in doing this podcast is to listen and examine and pay attention. But there are so many things about this series specifically that make my brain shut off and go <laughs> like, nope, uh-uh. And, and I feel really bad about that. And I'm going to try to It's one of those things, that. the fact that they constantly seem to be rewriting Cammy as the episodes go on. There's a reveal and then there's like, this is just a new thing that is the character. It feels like this continued need to justify her existence in the story because she technically isn't really connected to anyone in any way that is important or feels necessary. Like, Marcel likes her. Marcel essentially calls her his queen. And I'm like, you've been on a date and a half. But doesn't he say that to Rebecca? Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I do feel think like that's he's- just to like poke at her. I would agree that is more to provoke a reaction of Rebecca. Well, honestly, he's just putting Cammy at risk by poking at her with this thing. Honestly, like, what, do, what, what does he think is going to happen here? Which, like, in my opinion, if to extrapolate from there means he can't care about her very much if he's willing to put her on the chopping block to piss Rebecca off. Like, I, I like that in a way that feels like Rebecca, show me you care, murder this bitch. Like, I, I it. And I feel bad because I know people out there like Cammy, and I don't want to. I don't want to yuck anybody's yum. But for any of our listeners, I do not hate Cammy yet. We'll <laughs> like, see. do you care about Cammy? I did this episode. I really liked the scene that you guys didn't like. <laughs> I I want to talk about that scene because I do like a lot of things about it, and I I find it ultimately ineffective. But I, I'm excited to talk about it because it's the kind of situation I do want to see Klaus in. I think it's a scene with a, a brand new character named Cammy. That's not the same Cammy or Camille we've met prior. Fair. Um. Let's let's uh let's keep scooting. Uh, Klaus is like. <laughs> I'm offering you a job. You're going to be my stenographer and help me write my memoirs. That's also a, her new, a, a new character named Cammie. Like, what is the point? I don't understand that as a thing, but... You're just the stenographer. <laughs> it's very weird. Uh, and Klaus is like, look, I it's like an excuse to talk to her about, like, her life and his life and all of this stuff. And he says, the thing is, the French Quarter is on the verge of a war. On one side, there's me. On the other, Marcel, along with a very powerful witch and an army of vampires. And Cammy's like, excuse me? <laughs> Monsters? Um... Klaus compels her not to be scared, and she's like, what the fuck? I am not scared anymore. And then he explains compulsion to her, and we cut to titles. I do not want to be friends. Oh, Cammy. Cut by Cammy. It's cut by Cammy. So then up in Davina's room, um, in Davina's attic. Uh, Davina's like, hey, I like, she's, you know, looking at Elijah. She's trying to figure him out. And Marcel's like, geez, uh, this sucker's resilient. And he calls Elijah a cockroach in a suit. Rude. Jesus. <laughs> um, he's like, well, it's time to give Elijah back to Klaus. And Davina's like, no, I haven't figured out how to kill him yet. Like, I, like, I want to keep him. 
And Marcel's like, well, Klaus was nice to me. He saved my life. I owe him one and he wants his brother back. So Davina changes the subject and is like, tonight's like the the Dauphin Street Music Festival and I want to go, please. And Marcel's like, but you're the print, but you're tangled. You're- I believe it's Dauphine. Dauphine? Sorry, Dauphine. I guess. It, is, it is pronounced more like how it looks than you would think. As we have established, <laughs> me in French. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> Not gonna do it. Not gonna. Um, uh, but yeah, she's like, I'm a teen. I'm gonna do teen things. I'm gonna do teen things. <laughs> And like, you know, and like she wheedles and is like, please, like it's one night. And Marcel's like, no. And she's like, I'm going to threaten you with my magic. And um, he, she starts boiling his blood until he sweats. And he's like, fuck, okay, compromise. You're not going out alone, but I'll introduce you to a friend of mine that's going to be there. Nice lady. You two are really going to hit it off. <laughs> A nice lady? Jeez. Uh, so uh, cut to the nice lady. <laughs> well, what was gonna, what was going to say about nice lady? Uh, not nice lady. I'm going to go back. Go back. Um, so obviously we know Marcel's relationship with Rebecca and Klaus, his dad. Um, what do you think his relationship with um, Elijah was like? Non-existent? I don't know. Consider it like... So the ones who would have been around are like Elijah and Cole. So what do you think? And Finn's in a box. So what do you think? I don't think he liked Cole. <laughs> wow. Why? <laughs> He's too cool for Cole. <laughs> I feel like he, I don't want to say like was threatened by Elijah because they're both cool. I don't know. If he's Klaus's. Like, you know, he's Klaus's boy. Yeah. And Klaus and Elijah are already pretty adversarial. I would assume that Marcel is like team Klaus in all of their fights. That at least that's what like I, I would assume I he's guess. team Rebecca in all the fights. I mean But Rebecca's of course team Klaus because, you know, mm-hmm. Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but also uh, how obviously Rebecca and Elijah were happy. Like, you know, Klaus has, has a child now, so maybe that will fix him, and it didn't. How do you think Considering how Elijah is with Haley and the baby, how do you think he was with Marcel as a kid? But I almost wonder if he, like, wasn't around for Marcel, so he's, like, trying to make up for it with Haley and the kid. Mm. Mm. It is a dynamic I would like to see. (laughs) (laughs) Are we going to see? Yes, I can say we're going to see this, obviously. (laughs) Is that what happens in episode 13? (laughs) We finally meet. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Who knows? So our next scene is at Rousseau's. Klaus, uh, you know, stalks poor Cammy at her job, and he wants to talk about Marcel. And so we explain that, like, the kind of compulsion that Cammy is under is very similar to what Catherine was doing to everyone in the small town that she c- controlled. Uh, so, like, she does not remember about vampires and werewolves and witches and all that shit when Klaus isn't around. But when he is around, he's like, okay, like, she knows all the shit. She says, when you leave, I just go back to thinking you're some hot guy with a cute accent and money to burn on your sprawling memoir. He's fucking his sister. Yeah. Um, but so this beat works here and then they keep doing this beat in this episode and I hate it. By the 80th time they do it in this episode. <laughs> 
it is we we do talk a lot about the compulsion, which I, I like the idea of Cammy like being like I'm like a doctor of like I'm you know training to become like a you know a a brain busy doctor. body, uh, a brain doctor. Like, yeah, I'm like a therapist. God, yeah, I not a neurologist. I'm like, is she? I was like, I I didn't know if she was uh trained to be a psychiatrist or a therapist, and I'm like, those are technically different things because like, but like, like one medicates and one doesn't. Than saying the brain doctor. Fair. Um, and sorry, and, Morgan, I have to yeah, take you down. That's fair. <laughs> As I've said repeatedly, this show no make Morgan brain work. Um, uh, I I'm interested, like, like if she is, like, if things work more in the psychiatry realm for her like that is the study of the mind and the brain that is being a you know like a brain doctor if you will uh so like if she's like how does that mechanically work like i i, I like the idea of that of someone wanting to put science to the magic and the thing like that but it's the only way she speaks and thinks of things though like she has no off switch she she seems to only frame things through being the girl therapist. She's and, a psych and I, robot. I, I do find that. Psychbot 3000. <laughs> I do find that limiting and uninteresting. Uh, but what are you going to do? Klaus says she's always the curious scholar, but he wants to talk about Marcel. So Cammy tells him he's bringing someone to the music festival tonight, a girl he's mentoring. Apparently she's having a hard time and she's rebelling against authority, anger issues, that kind of thing. I guess with my psych degree, he figured I could set her straight, but I said no. And Klaus forces her to say yes. <laughs> Art, is child psychology her expertise? Nah, it's just like you know, you know about feelings. <laughs> it's truly Marcel again. You're a brain doctor. <laughs> you're a feelings doctor. Fix the girl. <laughs> um, and like Cammy's like, well, if you're gonna force me to do this, why are you like even bothering to ask? And he's like, because I like you and I like the way that your mind works. Under different circumstances, I think we might be friends. No, because you're Klaus. You have to. That would be the different circumstances. You wouldn't be Klaus. Yeah, I mean, Klaus. That's that's all. Those are all excuses because Klaus doesn't have friends. Like he <laughs> manipulates everybody. Like it, uh, a friend is someone who can say no to you. Wow, you sound like Caroline Forbes right about now. Wow, Klaus, which means Klaus Michelson's probably watching me from somewhere. Well, you're not blonde, <laughs> so he doesn't give a shit. Oh, I forgot. I'm all good. Um, so our next scene is at the Michelson Manor. Um, uh, Agnes has paid a visit. That nosy ass bitch. Yeah, she's like, hey, you need to go to a doctor, which I do think is a valid thing. This is why, like I said, Sabine is that bitch and Agnes is just a bitch. Because (laughs) Sabine, obviously she was doing something shifty, but like, she was helpful. She wasn't telling Haley what she was saying when she was speaking that language. This is not Bulgarian. But, you know, she did help. She told her, you're having a, a girl. Whereas Agnes is um, calling people, taking people to the bayou. Real real gossip girl moves from Agnes the second Haley gets out of the car. And she, like, hops on the phone. And she's like, it's done. <laughs> like, I was like, <laughs> all right, Ivy Dickens. <laughs> yes. Um, my favorite <laughs> character. <laughs> everyone's favorite character so Haley's like how can I go to the doctor I'm like not supposed to exist 
And uh, Rebecca is like, you know, a lot of women would kill to have a child. Like, it strikes me like odd that you're not taking better care of yours. And I'm like, Rebecca, leave her the fuck alone. <laughs> also, I'm <laughs> like, surprised Rebecca's not like, and let me g- go on for three minutes about what the cure is for, <laughs> for vampirism. <laughs> oh goodness um so uh agnes is like hey i know this like secret doctor who's out in the bayou like and i made an appointment for you so like it'll be tonight it'll be after hours and the vampires will never get a word of it and Haley says okay fine bayou baby doctor it is which like again like it does like feel pretty passive but uh what do you do sometimes we must be passive um then Klaus comes in and uh, he starts uh, making fun of Rebecca because Rebecca is just on like Google Earth <laughs> looking at satellite images of like attics and roofs and shit trying to like through process of elimination like find where Davina was staying based on what she can remember which is I guess as good a plan as any. <laughs> it's good and it's funny because she's old. <laughs> she's on the Google and she's old. Yeah. Wouldn't it be Bing? Yeah, it is Bing. She, yeah, it's Bing Earth. <laughs> do they Bing have maps. Bing Earth? Bing Maps, Jesus. Hope they do. Um, and so Klaus is like, look, like my plan is to like, um, like Marcel's delay in returning our brother makes me think that he's no longer in charge of the situation. If Davina's loyalty to Marcel is strained, then maybe she'd be down to like align herself with us. And Rebecca's like, cool. So, like, as usual, like, you and your search for power is more important than finding Elijah. (laughs) Fair. (laughs) So, our next scene takes place at a place my transcript tells me is called The Pit. The Pit. I fell in it. The Pit. The Pit. Uh, so it's like an like undergroundy like uh, you know nightwalker bar uh, with like pool tables and shit. Um, Josh is there and he's like trying to make nice with Diego, who is not about it. He's like, "How do you like fast track the whole daylight ring?" And Diego's like, "I don't know, probably never for you." <laughs> uh jill how are you how are you with josh and diego at this point how are you feeling about these boys josh i'm still kind of like what's your deal um you're gay and you're around that's what i get from him um both diego i liked more in this episode only because he called rebecca my lady (laughs) (laughs) i didn't vibe with diego originally but i think since seeing Eka Darville and like a bunch of other stuff after this, now I'm just like, Diego, I feel for you, bro. Like, Klaus is ruining everything. Portieri got bricked up in the garden. Yeah, like, given the, the idea that he's like Marcel's like number, like, number two guy, and it's like, yeah, um, no, number three guy, and that like, no, I, God, I can't even, number two guy, because his number one guy was Thierry, math, and now Thierry is your behind brain the is, is the alcohol. No, it's my brain. No, um, it's the alcohol. <laughs> oh, that's probably fair. Um, but <laughs> brothers vibes. Add um, get turned. Uh, not don't host your podcast. Well, um, <laughs> <laughs> it could be worse. You could be high. <laughs> All the episodes where I've been high have been very good. Um, <laughs> this one's definitely good too. Remember. The one where I got the most wasted, I almost called Klaus the Edward. That was great. Um, I loved that. 
<laughs> yeah, I feel I feel for Diego. Like I agree. Like it's it's a shitty situation for him. You know, his friends are gone. Everything seems like it's changing. Things are everyone's angry. <laughs> Sucks. Yeah, but I still I don't care for the fro for Eka Darville. <laughs> never um, did i always wanted to kind of punch him in the face because of it that's that's how i felt about diego because i'm like that's what it is it's the hair <laughs> oh his hair was i think like similar in spartacus and I, I i love him in spartacus he's this very sweet boy in it so i i have affection for for him and he tends to, to play a sweet boy in the second season of tell me a story he was a uh, beauty in beauty and the beast mm, i believe they, it. <laughs> they're doing all these the gender swaps you know mm-hmm. gender swaps very cool. Like how Paul was Sleeping Beauty and never forget. That is good. You think Davina is Sleeping Beauty. <laughs> but no. But no. <laughs> um, so, uh, like, you know, Thierry is brought up because, like, Josh is like, you know, there's an opening. Josh, that was not too soon. And also, he, he literally doesn't like you. He doesn't yeah. think you're going to live, Josh. Yeah, so Diego makes it very clear. He's like, shut up about Thierry. He did not deserve what happened to him. Marcel was just showing off for Klaus. And I can't wait till his ancient ass is out of here. (laughs) Rebecca shows up to be like, you and me both. (laughs) Uh, Then Diego's like, look alive. Like, we have an original in our midst. And Rebecca's like, yeah, whatever. What if I told you I could? not be an Aussies in this scene. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes and uh Cl- rebecca's like hey I, what if i can help you guys out with your little klaus problem in exchange for the tiniest bit of gossip and rebecca says she's heard rumors that marcel is seeing someone and she wants to know where this person would be and they're like yeah he's seeing cammy and she says that plain jane he carries on with only a <laughs> blind man would choose her over me there must be another girl in his harem she's talking about her brother this is where I was like, shit, is it romantic? Like, did, am I getting the wrong vibes? Like, No, this is a, I think, kind of a weird move from Rebecca. I don't yeah. think this is a particularly helpful piece of information. Like, I, I don't think, because the boys don't, the boys don't know about Davina at all. They don't know that mm. it's, that's a secret weapon. So she's like, they will know like, he, if he's sneaking off to someone. And so they'll be like thinking he's fucking someone else, basically. That's what it is. Yeah, which is like not very like I I agree, Jill. Not very like stepped out, but like her idea is kind of just like, is he like going anywhere? Is essentially what um she's asking, and they're like, no, he stays in the quarter. And she's like, oh, okay, so Davina must be in the quarter. Is like her process yeah. of uh, thinking, but it is it is weird. I I don't disagree. Yeah. Like, I didn't that that be, being why it's muddy for you makes a lot of sense because I was yeah. like it's not like he's like being horny around Davina. <laughs> I was confused where you got that idea, but this makes sense. This is Rebecca's ridiculous plan. That's what it is. It was called a harem, so I was like, um <laughs> She's like 12. 12. <laughs> <laughs> fair 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 uh so then uh we are out like on the street where the festival is going to be marcel is briefing his team and he's like hey there's gonna be a lot of people i don't want trouble no witches like if any witches come here we kill them no originals because i don't like how rebecca's been snooping around i got my girl cammy coming and a little friend of hers so he's gonna be passing off davina as someone who's like there with cammy as opposed to being there with him which i mean smart enough how do we feel about the fact that the extras who play marcel's vampires all look like they belong in the beat it music video i thought one of them was the nick lachey 
Nick Lachey in the Beat It music video. <laughs> Beat It. I mean, if you look carefully, Nick Lachey is in the Beat It music video. <laughs> He's just young. I did not see Nick Lachey because I was too busy looking at like the girl um, who was really hot and I was no thoughts head empty and I was like that girl's pretty I was doing that with Mohawk girl in the bar (laughs) yeah oh nailing it (laughs) you know how we do boo sharp (laughs) sharp eyed viewers over here um so uh so then uh we cut to at night um there are people playing the horns at russo's they are doing it (laughs) yes and marcel is like davina is it everything that you hoped for and davina is like oh my god yeah and she spots a young man (laughs) she spots tamlin (laughs) Uh, Jill, would you care to explain who Tamlin is for her? He, uh, <laughs> he is a character in A Court of Thorns and Roses, the book series, and he plays the fiddle. <laughs> and he is a flop. <laughs> he is a flop. Is he also a white man playing jazz? <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> this uh, all starts with black people doing jazz, and they're like, it's time for the whites to do it. They're the main event. That's what happens in this episode of television. <laughs> I think of it less as jazz and more as, like, a folk kind of fiddle that, like, people are doing, like, midsummer dances to. Like, that's what I imagined uh, Tamlin's fiddle playing to be like. <laughs> but also, Feyre gets really horny for his fiddle playing, and I remember reading that and being like, I don't know. She's also, like, really drunk, though, She's, right? like, really shit-faced. Yeah. I was like, I don't know how drunk I'd have to be to get horny for the fiddle. For a fiddle. <laughs> pretty drunk i mean the the person just has to be very hot then they can do a fiddle oh (laughs) yeah but like tamlin no not not for me his name's tamlin like right (laughs) i saw a meme call him tampon recently and i laughed (laughs) for a hundred years and i was like as if i already didn't take this man seriously (laughs) anyways one day i'll read the fourth and fifth books um so uh so yeah so davina's stoked um you know like marcel's like we should go over the rules and she says i won't talk about anything i won't say anything about witches or vampires or originals or you and then she's like also you said you wouldn't hover so dad i could be here alone (laughs) but also it is like he he took precautions he made sure like none of like the vampires were like just watching and like you know, no witches around because the witches would know who she is. Because like uh, Sophie knew who she was, so yeah, yeah. Um, I would say that for me, I'll I'll stake this claim. Uh, Davina is working much better for me than Cammy does because like Davina, like even if she's you know not my fave, she's a kid. You know, like she's like having like. It, her narrative fully tracks to me, even if it's pretty basic. Like it's your basic tangled. Like she's like, I want to go outside, and he's it like, is you like, can't. Girl with her first crush, like trying to impress the boy. It's, to me, Davina is better as you know Marcel's her dad, and I, I, I guess we haven't gotten it yet, but I do like her backstory and what the deal is with her and Marcel. Like I, re- I really like that story, mm-hmm. but um, yeah. <laughs> But when it's just like, I'm a sexy baby and the old ones and I, oh, the air, it worries. Like, no, stop. Yeah. The, it's, 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 I hate, I hate to do this, but it's like, it's, it's a, it's very much an attempt at like the Joss Whedon magic girl 
like the like not maybe a slightly rattled in the head like it's early drusilla which is why i just said the air it worries i should have done the accent perhaps oh yes yeah it's very drusilla it's very like early fred it's like very river and it it just it doesn't fully cohere with this group of people and this particular actress i think they're still finding what works for her yeah and who we see davina is out and about and when she's at ease with marcel as opposed to like yeah it's she's just davina is not like an immortal being she's a 16 year old girl she's like a modern 16 year old girl so there's no reason for her to be acting like the way she was with like the the long nightgowns or like (laughs) that's unnecessary the frantic drawing (laughs) (laughs) yeah she is a teenage girl in 2013 come on yeah so i i find this storyline um even if like every beat of it doesn't necessarily work for me like the idea of it i think is like super valid and i like i buy into it because uh, like i like tangled yeah i just think the way she's been behaving does not again m- me knowing the backstory does not seem like it is the result of that backstory it's just like we want a sexy baby character <laughs> until you said it i just assumed that she was like older not right. like not immortal, but like older. Right. She's normal. She's normal sixteen year old age. Okay, sure. <laughs> That's more believable in this episode. It, yeah. They are the questions that this show is raising, answering, and not answering <laughs> are very bizarre. Because to me, there's no reason you shouldn't know Davina is a normal teenage girl. Like it's, it's <laughs> as if they're like, just wait till you find out her deal. And I'm like, I genuinely don't know enough to even invest. So I, you have to tell me a little more, <laughs> or I'm just like okay to everything everyone says i i am again i don't want to be critical i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry um it's not like we're being as negative as we were in season four of vampire diaries people will live i know i just feel bad um so then uh bayou clinic we're outside and this is when Haley's like great i'm here and then leaves and agnes does the gossip girl phone call and it's like send them in now (laughs) tell them to do it quickly and I'm like, ah, <laughs> Katie Cassidy on Gossip Girl, <laughs> a name I forget. What, what uh, is Katie Cassidy's name on Gossip Girl? I I feel like I know it, but I, I just... Because Ivy is also Charlie. Yes. She's... I have to look it up because it's going to drive yeah, me crazy. I'm already on it. Killing me. <laughs> She's with names. Juliet. Juliet Sharp. Juliet. Thank Sharp. God, uh, that would have absolutely killed me. Um, so then at Russo's, fiddle boys playing the fiddle, and Davina <laughs> can't take her eyes off him. <laughs> she just loves that fiddle. She can't get enough of that fiddle. She's like, dang. <laughs> it's doing, I cannot stress how much it's taking me to not sing. If you're going to play in Texas, you got to have a fiddle in the band. <laughs> Um, Jill, do I'm it. white. If you didn't know, <laughs> <laughs> what? It's to me. It's insane that you're because the devil went down to Georgia is is the reference anyone would ever do with a fiddle. Well, he was looking for a soul to steal. Exactly. <laughs> that is one of my favorite songs. <laughs> Again, I am very white. <laughs> it's a great song, and like it applies to Klaus, and it was right there, and you went with the whiter thing. Hmm. Yeah. See, I see, I see a violin, and I'm like, 
fourth grade, baby. Like that's when I started take uh, t- playing strings. I w- I played the viola though. Ooh, <laughs> right? was playing strings. Couldn't find a cool way to sing it if she tried. No, no, I was in strings. I was in the orchestra. Um, Never gonna, you know, talk about like the fiddler from Yellow Card who I was- did backflips. I wrote fiddler, and I was like Tevia. Fiddler on the roof, like I was. That was where I went immediately. <laughs> Which I was rewatching some the other two, and I was at the scene where he was like, "Yeah, in high school I was Tevia, and I think if I saw that production today, I'd still think it was good." And he's like, "You were a gay child <laughs> playing a forty-year-old Russian peasant, <laughs> and you think it was good." And he's like, "Oh, yeah, I had braces." <laughs> Perfect. Um, the other two now on HBO Max, everybody. So um, now the other two is watchable once more. Which thank God. Season two comes out sometime this summer. A white boy I, summer, indeed. I mean, yeah, I'm gonna weep if, if that white boy is Drew Tarver. Then yes, <laughs> I love Drew Tarver. Drew Tarver, come on the pod. Um, so uh, we, like. Marcel and Cammy like kind of have a little moment like they're watching like Davina from afar like they're like parents chaperoning her date it's cute Marcel's like yeah I'm sorry I thought you like was worried what you'd think about me after like I was all angry at the masquerade and she's like no nah, we all get angry sometimes like um also and like didn't Klaus wipe that out because she's just like he told her it was yeah. perfect. It's like that's what he said. Yeah, so. so she was compelled to not care about that. But I mean, Marcel doesn't know that, so uh, he's checking in on that, and she's like, "Yeah, no." Well, no, all then good. she probably wouldn't remember that he was angry. Is what I'm saying. So why isn't she like, "Wait, what are you talking about?" I can't remember the exact thing that she compelled. I'm pretty sure he said like "perfect" was the word. I know he said "perfect." He might he might have been like he got into a thing with a friend, but mostly what he remembers is the night is perfect. But eh, it doesn't matter. Then uh, <laughs> uh, Davina shows up and is like, hey, like, seriously, like, don't have her, like, and Marcel's like, look, authority issues. He's like, whatever. I'm going to go talk to the mayor. He actually knows how to show some respect. And then Cammy and Davina have this talk. And Cammy's like, what's his name? The hot guy with the fiddle. <laughs> his name's Tim. <laughs> People oh. still naming their kids Tim. <laughs> what? It's weird because it's like Tim, but the, the the wiki just calls him Timothy. It only calls him Timothy. Huh. <laughs> so um, I hear Tim. I think I think I think Timmy Chalamet. That's what I'm thinking about right now. Um, so I wish this had been Timothy Chalamet. Tim, the Toolman Taylor. Maybe maybe Chalamet auditioned for this role. Actually, give like Chalamet said, a fiddle. This was PLL Karate Boy. So you know he was the casting directors knew him. Like, 14-year-old Timothy Chalamet, like, playing the violin and being Davina's weird crush? Perfect to me. Um, That I'm obsessed with, that she, like, loves this gangly weirdo. (laughs) That I would be like, oh, Davina, I get you. Like, this, this boy to me is too, like, sweet and generic. I'm like, oh, okay. He doesn't tell me anything about Davina. Um, I mean, he plays the fiddle. That's nice. He's a musician. Yeah, I guess that's sweet. You know what? I'm going to stop being hard on Davina. 
I love her. Um, <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> she was like, I knew he'd be here. Like, we've known each other since we were 10. And then she says, I had to leave school. I didn't get to say goodbye. So I was just hoping to talk to him tonight. That, like, fucks me up. That's super sad. Like, that she was just like, by whatever not supernatural nonsense happened to her, she had to just, like, leave school abruptly and never got to say goodbye to her crush. That would – imagine if you didn't get to say goodbye to your fourth grade crush. Did I have a fourth grade crush? Seamlessly back into the episode. Uh, <laughs> our next scene takes place um, at the church. We meet a priest <laughs> uh, that we will later come to know is named Father Kieran. Rebecca shows up and is like, hey, um, I've been, you know – like looking around um, like for this, like I've been obsessed with window shutters lately and I've been on a tour of them all day. And I noticed that your attic has shutters and this guy's like, uh, okay. <laughs> and um, he introduces himself as Father Kieran and she's like, I'm very curious what happened here. And she notices this red stain on a nearby wall. So Father Kieran explains as St. Anne used to be the heart of the neighborhood. It's been abandoned for a while now. Since the night of the massacre. Roll that beautiful bean footage. <laughs> so we flash back to this like young boy in like a little seminary outfit, and he's friggin' murkin' people with a scythe. Yeah, and he, he's killing it's them hard. So cool. <laughs> This I love. Jesus. Yeah, Jill, you were happy about this. <laughs> Speak on I, this, Jill. <laughs> I'm just glad it was like a fun weapon. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I'd be like, okay, another massacre. This is like it makes it visually. It's the kind of mass like it's the kind of weapon that tells you, oh, this was not like a normal massacre. There is something nefarious. Yeah, it was a scythe. Yeah. <laughs> I love a scythe, you guys. Same. I love a curved blade. Like absolutely, <laughs> so cool. I am a. I am a. A bit of a sword girl i don't have one i know michael wants one and i told him i was like if you also get me a sword you can have a sword that is displayed in our home so we have to be a only an even numbers of swords household uh my friend zach is very into swords uh, zach who will be uh, in our table read uh he's a big a big lovely nerd who does a lot of like cool cosplaying and costume Zach stuff. who has been in our table read because by the time this drops it will happen. Oh, yeah. yeah, Zach Luda of our table read fame. Uh what a king. Uh, so as I was so- attempting to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, Father Kieran is played by Todd Stashwick. Um best known for uh, the 12 Monkeys TV show where he's a hot rebel, but you know, he's all, he's been around the world. Uh, he's been on Teen Wolf. Uh, he's been on Supernatural, where he played uh, Dracula in the episode Monster Movie, which is a, is a fun little bit. He was on Heroes. Uh, he's been on he's been on everything. He was on The Riches, Burn Notice. We all love Burn Notice. Justified, yeah. And he has a great voice, and it is hot. Yeah, this is a handsome gentleman. This is a good bit of casting. His yes, uh, agree. Wikipedia picture is good to me. Uh, why don't you send Ooh, that on yeah, over? Send that. <laughs> It is perfect for today. I will uh, take a peek at that. Oh, my. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Looking good. Um, yeah, I'll allow it. Is he in The Force Awakens? Um, I think he's actually – he co-wrote a Star Wars video game. <laughs> oh, my God. Good for him. Unfortunately, um, the project was canceled. But he did do it. 
I mean, good for him. Uh, this guy is good and he is hot. And he's, he's in the way back. Oh, he's he's the live action Dr. Draken in the Kim Possible movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fucking hilarious. Uh, okay, yeah, good for him. Um, so yeah, he um yeah, he explains nine seminary students were killed by one of their own. Um, and he says, you're standing on blood. And Rebecca's like, whatever, I'm not squeamish. Uh, and she's like, I want to get to the fucking attic. And he says, the church is closed. So she compels him and is like, where is the attic? And he says, well, it's upstairs. And she says, thanks. Now forget I was here. And uh, Kieran kind of like shakes his head, dazed. And Rebecca leaves, goes upstairs. She finds the attic. She's like, fuck yeah, this is the place. This is Davina's room. I see her frantic sketches. I see my brother's coffin. And then Elijah's eyes snap open. And suddenly Rebecca is whisked away, essentially to like Elijah's mind palace, which fucking rules. They're, um, They're like about to go out to the opera in the 1880s and she's dressed in like all this finery and they're in front of like a carriage and she's like what the fuck and Elijah's like language please yay they hug (laughs) Elijah's back finally Mm -hmm. so he explains this is a shared memory of uh, her first full day back in New Orleans society after Klaus like undaggered her so it's a memory that only you and I share so I need you to know it's not one of Davina's tricks so like that's how it could be confirmed that this is real Mm -hmm. and they're like on an even playing field which I like I mean Silas would know though (laughs) Silas would know but luckily we're not dealing with Silas here Um, (laughs) so like Elijah explains, Davina removed the dagger, unaware that doing so even once would negate the dagger's power. In a few hours, I shall be as good as new. We had a lot of discussion about this and if this makes sense. Yes, we came to the conclusion that, um, so she undaggered Elijah and then she daggered him again. The issue is that she did not dip the dagger in white oak ash, which even though we didn't see Klaus do it, like we we know that is part of the ingredient. So like Klaus or anyone who does it, they know to do it. Davina mm-hmm. would not know to do it. So that's yeah. what, what it basically is. It's the lack of white oak ash. Which is interesting to think about because I was I as we were just talking now, I recalled like the like our first like removing of the dagger like issue with Elijah in like the Salvatore like basement. Um, and when like the knife starts to rise out of his chest, I was like, well, wouldn't that be a problem? But I guess since it never is fully removed and they just have to like hold it down and keep it there, that there mm-hmm. is that technically all of this like canonically tracks and they have not like, you know, uh, misstepped, uh, which is yeah. fun. Basically, yeah, it's just that they're not showing the dipping into the ash before, just for time purposes. But they, we are to believe that that is what they are, the originals are doing when they're daggering people or when Elena's daggering uh, Rebecca in the back. Yeah. Like a, like a shady bitch. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I like this. With a show, with shows like this and with mythology like this, it can be really hard to not dick yourself over and to not like write yourself into corners with all of your rules and i think um there are times in this universe where the rules become problems like where like they become limiting and there are other times where i think they make like 
really great decisions like and and additions to the rules and like kind of permutations and combinations of them uh, which are really fun so I think we should look out for that stuff as we uh, go on because Jill I think you'll like some stuff that is coming our way <laughs> yay yeah this one really threw me yeah. <laughs> so I'm glad we paused it to be like okay let's talk through this because <laughs> like the way they explain it in the show it does not make sense yeah does your transcript have the exact dialogue Morgan for this uh, yeah, yeah. It says, it says, uh, Davina removed the dagger, unaware that doing so even once would negate the dagger's power. In a few hours, I'll be as good as new. So there is no further explanation I from think that. the dagger's power is the ass thing that we are talking about. Mm-hmm. But like to a new viewer, it would seem like if you were daggered twice, it wouldn't work. I guess because they stopped showing the, the ashing part after like originally doing it. And I think if they're like, if we add, say that part... We're going to have to show it each time the way this show is written, you know? Yeah. I – it it's a little fudged, I'll be honest. Like this – like our, our explanation, while I think it fits and I think it is like as right as you can be, like I I think we are kind of having to do a lot of the work of on our own to like make it make sense. But – Of I, all the things they over-explain, this is the one they don't. Again, like like I was saying, this, the questions they raise, the ones they choose to answer, and the ones they don't choose to answer kind of baffle me. <laughs> but um, I think this works enough. And also, it's just like, if if you weren't making a podcast about it, you'd probably be like, all right, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, because like when like he said Like how it, I usually watch things. <laughs> that is also like how I, I was just like, I don't know. He said that's how it works. So that's how it works. <laughs> Uh, that is very much how I get uh, with, with specifically with the originals too. But um, so Rebecca's like, okay, cool. Like, then why don't we just like get me in the attic and I'll get you out? And Elijah's like, actually, I'm not ready to leave yet. In the most Elijah move ever, he's like, I actually feel for this girl. Like, she seems really nice. And she's like caught in the middle of this big fight. And I think that I can actually like be her friend and help her out. And then like we can eliminate the threat to Haley and the baby and maybe the family can finally know peace. So in the meantime, you look after Haley. She is family now. I need her and her unborn child to fall underneath our protection. So swear to me, Rebecca. And Rebecca swears. And I'm just like, take. of course, Elijah, while a prisoner, has found a cause that he must take up to save some <laughs> poor soul and ultimately bring peace to the Michelsons. He's so good. I know. Like, honey. Honey, no. <laughs> Look out for yourself. Everyone else is. <laughs> I love him too dang much. Uh, it's so nice to have him back. Um, so um, our next scene is at the doctor's, the Bayou Clinic. Baby's heart rate is all good. Haley's like, yeah, she's a tough one, like her mom. Um, the doctor notices Haley's unique crescent moon-shaped birthmark. And it's like, huh, that's that's interesting. And Haley's just like, you know, putting on her sweater, trying to cover it up. And she's like, we're done here, right? So she gets a text from Rebecca um, and the doctor's like, yeah, I'm just going to get you some blood pressure meds. And um, as she leaves, like Haley's starting to look around. She sees, she hears a wolf go, a woo. <laughs> and she's like, something ain't right. It's Gerald. <laughs> it's Gerald, baby. 
Yeah. Um, so then um, the uh, the doctor comes back and tries to give her pills and she's like, I don't want to take those. And then suddenly the doctor has like a spooky, like a syringe. And it's clear that she's not who she's not, you know, on the up and up. And so Haley headbutts this bitch. Yeah, she does. <laughs> so fucking cool. Um, I was very happy to see her do that. And she like escapes out the window and everybody's trying to run in. Uh, and you know, there are a bunch of a bunch of guys stream in the room, but uh Haley has already gotten out into the woods. Uh, you're gonna have to get up pretty early in the morning to fuck with her. <laughs> <laughs> I love my baby. <laughs> I know we mentioned this earlier, but it's so good to see her not just, like, sit in a scene. Like, mm-hmm, every mm-hmm. scene we've seen her in, she's just, like, chilling. <laughs> yeah, it, it is, it's really nice to have her be more active. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll, um, it turns out um, Phoebe Tonkin good. What? <laughs> Phoebe Tonkin, Phoebe Tonkin po- possibly quite good. Uh, so... <laughs> Uh, then um, at Russo's uh, outside, Tim is like, you know, trying to get his fiddle into his car. <laughs> and Klaus is like, hey, uh, you know, he nodded an American accent like I did. He says it in his normal voice. And he's like, hey, I think we, uh, you know, share an acquaintance. I need you to send her a message for me. And you're like, uh oh, that there's no way that's good. <laughs> um <laughs> inside like Davina's like oh shit I guess he's gone like I thought I was gonna get a chance to talk to him you know maybe that was dumb and Cammy's like no no it's it's not dumb and Davina's like just forget it and like runs off because she's a teenager uh, and then teenagers are assholes you don't have to feel bad for her I'm just saying you, I mean, you can feel bad for her but you don't have to take it soft on her because teenagers are assholes yeah I feel Here's the point. my neighbors <laughs> Fair. I I feel bad. She's a teenager who's like never allowed to go outside. That's maybe for the best. Don't let teens out. (laughs) (laughs) Latoya, were you a menace as a teen? No. (laughs) Just checking. Um, so uh Klaus uh gives Cammy a note and is like, tell her this is from one of the musicians. She'll want to leave. You're gonna help her slip out the back so Marcel doesn't see. Um, and whatever you do, don't let her out of your sight. So Cammy hops to because uh, she has no agency. Um, so then um, over uh, at the church, uh, we realize that that is where Davina and Tim have gone. Um, like Davina meets Tim there and she's like, hey, I got your note. Cammy's just like awkwardly lingering in the back, chaperoning their meeting. <laughs> and... Um, She's like, thanks so much for meeting me here. And he's like, oh, it's great to see you. And they, you know, like uh, do some, you know, adolescent mumbling at each other. (laughs) And he's like, so like, how have you been? And why did you want to meet here? It's really fucking creepy (laughs) because of, you know, all the people killed here. And then she says, tries to say it's not, but it is. I mean, like, yeah, it, it doesn't have to define something, but like it just happened. Did it not? Like, it happened very recently. To the point where Kieran's cleaning up the blood. Like, I mean, like, earlier, he was just like, you're standing in blood, and it's on the wall and shit. Like, I mean, that is recent. Yeah, we learned that he, like, took some time away because of it. So, like, it happened very recently. But he's like, it's fine. It's cool. (laughs) It's my house. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, buddy. 
Like, I, I'm like, how can I not feel bad for her? She has to live in the massacre church. But she thinks it's normal and cool and not a problem. But she can draw all she wants. <laughs> um. So Tim's like, okay, um, like, so you disappeared. And she says, yeah, there was an emergency and I needed to take care of some things. So Tim is very sweet and is like, are you okay? I mean you know, you look okay. You look great. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we're giggling. Um, and he's like, are you coming back to school? And she's like, no, but I just wanted you to know that I miss you. And, um, like I miss seeing you at your school, at, like at school and seeing you play violin. And Tim's like, okay, well this place has great acoustics. And then he plays the violin for her. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Like, a, you can play a guitar for someone. <laughs> Do you guys feel like there's a scenario where someone could romantically play the violin for you and you would be like, yeah. Like, I, I guess if they were really hot. Like, I mean, anything, if someone who's really hot does it, it thumbs up. But I feel like in for, for me personally, in like a one-on-one -on -one setting, do not play just for me. But if it were like, in a concert venue and he was part of an orchestra. That would be hot. <laughs> yeah, you'd be like, wow, a successful person, like, um, you know, doing well in their field. Like, yeah, people doing the thing that they love the most and are good at generally does tend to be something hot and, like, beautiful yes. and, like, affirming. But it – don't play violin <laughs> for me in this weird Pulling church. Your violin in the <laughs> bloody church. <laughs> romance <laughs> that can't be your move sir <laughs> but uh he's what 16 yeah whatever yeah fair <laughs> enough uh it, it totally works for davina um klaus and cammy in the back are like wow like what a good uh you know klaus is he has a gift uh you know you can't compel someone to play like that and cammy's like yeah like I don't know. Like, I know what you are. It's crazy to me, but it makes sense. And this is where she reveals this, like, new thread in her backstory where she's, like, talking about how brutal and senseless the massacre here was. She says, have you ever heard of anything like that? A good man, an aspiring priest, just goes on a killing spree out of nowhere. Yeah. People, re Christians, religious people go on massacres all the fucking time. Where do you live? You live in the United States, do you not? Yeah, fair enough. Uh, it, it, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's unfortunate. A devout religious person went on a massacre? Wow. <laughs> oh, America's Obviously it's something awful. else, but, like, come on. Yeah, and I mean, like, the thing is, like, you know, it's not always someone you know intimately, like your twin brother. But um, it, it is he also He was such a, a nice guy. He kept to himself. <laughs> She's a Trump supporter. Bye. Oh. <laughs> uh, um klaus is like okay so you knew this guy right like and he kind of says i've seen a lot in my time the world's an awful place it's best to meet it on its own terms cammy disagrees she says the world isn't awful people aren't awful they want to be good but something makes them bad something breaks them down makes them snap he says, there are always signs but the guy who did this like there were no signs um he didn't drink. He, he didn't would make do drugs. excuse for Hitler. This is why I'm like furious. <laughs> I don't know. Like, while that, what she just said, she would make excuses for Hitler. <laughs> I don't know if that's entirely fair to put on her. 
<laughs> I'm gonna. I'm it's gonna. It's fair to put on the writing of this character. Yeah, I'm just gonna push back gently. You know, I don't like this character, but I don't necessarily know if she's like standing Hitler and Donald I'm Trump. I'm not saying she's standing Hitler. She would defend him based on the way she sees the world. I, I she would say, play devil's advocate numerous times. Fair. She's a libertarian. We've decided. I will say her her thing that like he didn't drink or do drugs. I'm like, well, I don't know if that's the fairest example that someone is unwell or like I'm like that seems judgmental. She uh, is judgmental. I will say she is a very judgmental person. Um uh based on the way she feels the need to assess everybody around her at all times. But I like I am also a person who thinks that people are not necessarily inherently bad, so I I will uh you know agree with Cammy to that extent. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm less a of a Klaus. black person in America, so I disagree with that assessment. That is super fucking fair. <laughs> um, I uh I I also won't say that I think people are inherently good. I think we're kind of like inherently like neutral and subject to uh, many things. Um, I mean, where I think, mm, do I think this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I think children are inherently good because of their innocence. But then once you reach a certain point, like, you swing either way. Yeah, I see that episode of Angel with the psychopath kid. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it's Yeah, I think I've, I also, like, think it's complicated and, like, it, you know, that maybe a Vampire Diaries original podcast isn't the best form <laughs> forum for us to have this discussion. But I also, like, I don't know, like, I think... I think people are complicated like um and i and i i wish it's this is definitely like an attempt to strike at the theme we begun this episode talking about with Klaus, like talking about if evil is like a real thing and is an inherent thing that is like in stuff and people yeah cammy believes black women are gonna save the world <gasps> that is uh that yep, i buy that's that accurate feels like cammy yeah yep Cammy, <laughs> Cammy, please. <laughs> that that those words I'm very fine with you putting in Cammy's mouth. Those ones I buy. Um, okay, where were we? So yeah, uh, so uh, basically, Klaus is like, okay, so you knew this person, and she's like, yeah, the the guy who like you know the guy with the scythe was Sean, my twin brother, and I can't sleep. Because I just dream about what happens, and I hate that I couldn't help him. Um, and again, not that it's not valid to like, you know, this is supposed to be a show about family and stuff like that. To have Cammy have like a troubling thing going on in her family, but it does feel like it comes out of absolutely nowhere. And we do kind of like say that she came here to deal with this. Which yeah, they reveal that like that's revealed in the the, the next scene with her in class in her room, right? Yeah. Yeah, that she she came here for that. I'm like, were we to believe she is also new to New Orleans? Because nothing about her, this character suggests that. To be that. fair, mm -hmm. and not to defend Cam, oh. actually to defend Cammy a little bit. Um, <sighs> we don't know Davina's backstory either. So like, oh, I yeah, feel like absolutely. this is a fair thing for them to like drop on us right now. I, I she, don't the fact that she's saying I came here for this like 
that is just you are a new character now. This is not, this is the character they've established is someone who is like, has been around like her, the, her performance is that someone who's been around, who is a native of this town. Uh, like, like genuinely no thoughts had empty. Can't remember uh, if um, what I felt her relationship was t- t- to um, new Orleans, the fifth lady in this show. And I like, I genuinely did, didn't have, like, a sense of that. Um, Wouldn't it just be that she's been there for, like, a year or so with her brother and then this happened and now she's going to stay for that reason? Yeah. Well, I think she came here because of the massacre. That's what that scene says. Yeah, it, it is It is kind of like they establish, like, I'm here to figure out what happened with my brother. And and she, she also says in this, like, I'm worried that his demons will become my demons. And all of this stuff that we're talking about is someone under like an immense weight of like a traumatic event and like with a lot of questions about herself, her family, and someone close to her that she lost. And like while I think to Jill's point, it's like you can reveal backstory whenever you want, especially at the beginning of a show. It just, to Latoya's point, I don't think it really seems to cohere with all of with the person she's been so far. Cause she's like seemed like this very like self-assured, um, super smart, not afraid to give her opinion. I know the lay of the land. Like that's the thing like she has with her Klaus and Rebecca scenes. That's why they like go to her for information. Yeah, it, it it like and again, not that you can't like come across that way and yet have a ton of stuff that you're dealing with. But um, at a certain point, it it feels like like a reboot of the character. Like it feels every episode of the show to me is like feeling like a repilot, and that again feels like a. And by the way, this is actually my whole thing. And every time we're gonna be like, and in it's this Cammy, one, I'm not Camille, which is a smaller version of that, but I still is a weird thing. Yeah, it it definitely bumps for me, but like again, like ultimately, if you tell me this is the deal, this is the deal. Like so let's see how you execute this as the deal. You know? Like I while it doesn't feel necessarily right to me, who cares what I think? I'm, I'm dumb. People listen to this stupid podcast, dummy. <laughs> stop, please stop caring what I think. Um, you're all too lovely for that. Uh, so, um, you know, so like Klaus is like, Hey, I kind of got to go, but, uh, stay, enjoy the music. Don't think about this. And he leaves and goes back to the festival. Then we have a Kieran and Marcel scene. Um, and, uh, like Marcel's like, Hey, welcome back. You know, excited to see that you're like, you know, home again. And he's like, yeah, I kind of can tell judging what's going on in my church addict. Uh, so I guess he did not consent to, um, having a teen stay in there. Morgan, you said it a teen to the end of attic. You know that, right? <laughs> Sorry. Oh, give me a clean take. She's drunk. It's okay. <laughs> no, that's why it's funny. I'm sorry <laughs> no one said apologize i just said it's funny you're doing great morgan it sometimes it can be hard to have to be the one on the the plot and all the stuff especially for these ones which for some reason just don't work in my brain like i the second i watch an originals episode it leaves my mind <laughs> <laughs> so i'm like reading this like okay that's what happened like i am please know that i am 
every every moment I'm looking at this I transcript. I told you to find better transcripts for this show. They they have to exist. The, the transcripts are actually fine. Like it's it's really no, not. No, they're a deal. not. <laughs> I know they're not. It's fine. It's I'm the problem, and I I'll be better. Um. So, uh. So yeah. I guess uh. Father Kieran did not know that he would uh. You know like come home to a teen living in his church which you know fair enough that's not very convenient and marcel is kind of like i don't know like i've done you a lot of fucking favors uh so suddenly things turn a little adversarial um kieran's really pissed that the originals are back and he's like yeah i fucking saw like rebecca michelson in my church uh she doesn't know i take vervain so like she tried to compel me and it didn't work but uh you have a problem on your hands and Marcel says, no disrespect for the grieving process for you and your church. But just so I know, are you here to help or are you just going to drop in with criticism? Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he deserves criticism. Yeah. Is this guy the big bad? <laughs> well, I, 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 was, I will say I, I told you that obviously there are humans who know of the inner workings and like the human faction, essentially. And Kieran's clearly part of that. Right. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. He's right, not the big bad. <laughs> He's be, not. You, I, I want you to just go down the list. <laughs> if you figure out the big bad, I will be amazed. Gerald. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> if only, then he'd die. Is it Agnes? <laughs> it seems like it, doesn't it? It does. Is that too easy? Not for this show. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. <gasps> Jill. Uh, which faction is the bad faction? It's got to be the witches, right? <laughs> wow, racist. No. <laughs> but how they're presenting it. It's complicated. Which makes the show racist. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Hard to believe, I know. <laughs> I don't believe you. I know it's my first time. I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but um, it's kind of racist. <laughs> <laughs> um, Like, give me... One example. <laughs> Give me seven examples. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, every black character is a witch or dead. I don't see how that's a problem. <laughs> um. So Kieran reminds Marcel that he lives in the city by the grace of those who know your secret and tolerate you. And Marcel reminds him that his city thrives because of him and his people. So they kind of like have a stare down power struggle yeah they have a little power struggle they have a little stare down it's interrupted by josh who's like uh davina's lost (laughs) whoops um so then uh at the church klaus walks in on davina and tim's conversation because he's such a fucking asshole because this plane has five million parts to it (laughs) Yeah, truly, what a what a dang nightmare. Like, leave these children alone. Um, I picked up on the plan. I was proud of myself. Good job. <laughs> it's probably really easy to pick up on, but I was proud of myself. <laughs> You're doing great. So he's like, hey, Tim, uh, go count to 100,000. I got to talk to the lady. Um, and he compels him. And he says, okay. I assume you know who I am, so let's get right to it. Like, your dilemma strikes me as a case of poor alliances. You know, you're loyal to Marcel. He keeps you tucked away in the attic. I'm sure you'd rather have a bit more freedom. And Davina's like, okay, Marcel does not keep me prisoner. He keeps me safe. He's my friend. 
So, like, Davina is team Marcel. She will not be so easily swayed. And Klaus says, I doubt that he is. You know, for a girl caught in a war between witches and vampires, I might be a better friend. I'd keep you safe and I'd let you be free. If Marcel could do that, why hasn't he done it already? And it does beg the question, if Marcel can't protect you, then what of those you care about? Threaten, threaten, threaten. (laughs) Um, And Davina's like, you know, if anyone tries to hurt the people that I care about, I'll fucking kill them. Which, like, good on you, Davina. Um, And Klaus is like, well, it sounds like you don't need Marcel at all. Like, you know, uh, Marcel tricks you into doing his bidding and you rot in an attic alone while Timothy here moves on with his life. Um, So Davina gets pissed and she starts boiling Klaus's blood and he starts sweating and you can hear the hiss of it which is fun. Uh, And then he runs over and he like starts, you know, puts poor Tim in a headlock and he's like, ah, such a shame to lose him just as you found him again. Right. And I did really think he was good at playing the violin. (laughs) (laughs) Well, at least he gets a compliment before he's brutally killed. So uh, Davina's like, let him go. And Klaus is like, I don't do well with demands. So uh, she breaks Klaus's leg with her magic, which rules. And Klaus is like, I don't know. You don't want to fucking fight me. Innocent people have a way of ending up dead around me. I just, the fact that this show set in Louisiana is like, let's cast this white kid to be a jazz fiddler. It, I mean, it could be what Nashville did was where they cast like a, 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 blue like a black guy to do blues but like they made him homeless well a lot of people trying it (laughs) jesus christ um yeah it sucks like i don't have a defense for that it sucks louisiana has a lot of black people you wouldn't really know from this show and also uh like there are a lot of black people in atlanta where they cast local hires um that's why they're all the extras uh for marcel's crew yeah it just seems like yeah god why come on they're guys. like look we're diverse <laughs> yeah. name There's seven racist can't things talk. like <laughs> all these people who we like don't pay enough to have lines like they're black and you know you would think we've learned from this the vampire diary season seven rolls along <laughs> oh no Let's not borrow tomorrow's problems today. (laughs) (laughs) Just gotta stay woke, Morgan. Uh, Yeah. She has to be prepared for that. Because seven seasons into a show, and they know they've been criticized, and they did that. Yeah. They really did. And it's quite bad. (laughs) (sighs) Oh, guys. But don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. Uh, Gerald? <laughs> I wish Gerald was black. I can't wait to meet him. <laughs> no, he you can't. Gerald. You you can if you like him, I will quit the podcast. <laughs> no. <laughs> Just think about that, Gerald. Think about the bitch you want to do. Like really think. But like the name Gerald, you've been smiling. <laughs> See I'm, you're laughing. I'm, because he's not on screen yet. No. I won't no. be smiling and laughing when he's on screen. Let me have this bit while I have it. You, you got time. Is he uh, episode 13? 
Is that what we landed on, actually? I truly, I th- I thought it was seven. No, maybe I'm wrong. It it's, was I, like pretty late. It's 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 lateish. Yeah, it's it'll be a minute. Yeah, you have some time. <laughs> you have some time to to smile and laugh when you think about him. Just to, okay. to hear or see a wolf, but not see a human man. Hmm. <laughs> um. So, uh, you know, Davina, uh, Davina magics. Um, and she shatters all the glass. And what do you think? Did we talk about this? The magic effect on the show? I know they were talking about it in the Discord. Um, I honestly didn't notice anything weird about it. Again, the yellow which- screen that's like it's like the angel flash cuts, basically. Oh yeah, it is weird. I don't I don't care for it. It feels like do they ultimately stop doing it? I, I don't think remember. so. It's because the they're the ancestral magic was what they use, which is not the same as the spirit right. magic on Vampire Diaries, because um, mm-hmm. there's no like saying things. So it would be even more like, well, they're doing nothing. They need so- a- an effect, right? Okay, huh? Yeah, I-, I don't think it's necessarily like a great choice. It doesn't hugely bother me. Uh, where Where do you guys land on this? I mean, they can't trick you to say magic's happening when it's not with this, at least. <laughs> Jill, how do you feel? I don't know. I'm just kind of like, effects is a hard job. Like, just do your thing. I'll accept she said it. More than you're care. being mean. Is that what she said? No, I just like that is a hard ass job. So I'll accept it. Like, honestly, Ampies, you're <laughs> I being do not mean. Care. That's what Jill say. <laughs> no, I just, I it, it honestly like just does not register that much for me like i've watched so many magic shows and sometimes like the effect they do when something magic is happening is like a little hokey but Um, even if it's hokey like i'll still like it yeah like most of the time i can't think of anything off the top of my head where i'm like that's really bad yeah so far i'll i'll keep an i'll keep an eye out for it more because clearly you know no thoughts had empty um nothing nothing registering up here it's no i tanya visual effects (laughs) (laughs) the i tanya like that's that's brutal (laughs) that is quite brutal like not just like when she's doing the triple axel or whatever, but sometimes when she's just skating, I'm like, yeah. Did Mark was were like, was it a Jeremy Renner in tag situation where both of Marco Robbie's legs broken and she couldn't skate? Like, <laughs> it, it, if you guys, I assume you haven't seen the film Tag, but uh, Jeremy Renner broke both of his arms while making the movie Tag. I didn't need to because I, I knew I that tag. part. Oh, yeah. It's really weird to look at given what happened. Because yeah. you can tell. <laughs> it's weird. Um, uh. Yeah. So Davina, even like she she magics so hard that even she is, you know, knocked back by the power of her own spell and everybody like falls on the ground. Uh, so then in the bayou, Haley is running from the guys who uh, are chasing her in the woods. Um, and she like kicks a bunch of ass when she runs into them, which But it's you. so cool because she hides first, so they go past her, and then she comes up from behind, and I'm like, oh my god, that's good. <laughs> it is good, like well th- well written and thought out action, which yeah. is super cool. Because I feel like the show, because the hybrids, and, and the show I'm on TV verse in general, forgets that wolves can still do shit when they're not wolves. Like, remember, Macy Lockwood's <laughs> Krav Maga. 
Oh, I miss him. Never forget. <laughs> Never forget a day in my life. So yeah, of course you can still kick ass. Like, Miss Luck would beat the Salvatores in arm wrestling. Absolutely he would. And yeah, it, it's it's just nice to see her get to do something because she's been so, like, sidelined for so long. Uh, fucking. I didn't realize how much I missed it until this scene, and I was like, wow, I love Haley. <laughs> like, I want to see right. her do so much more. Yeah, it's what she deserves. Um, it so that all this stuff is cool. She's like snapping necks. She's like cutting people. Uh, excuse me, she's cutting people. It just rules. I love it. Uh, but then she's about to be attacked by one last guy, and uh, instead, someone from behind uh, gets him, and he drops to the ground, and we reveal Rebecca. Uh, Rebecca showed up and saved. <laughs> The funniest thing about this is that they don't know if these are people or witches or wolves. <laughs> no idea. They're just like murder. Yep. I mean, that's fair. They're trying to murder Haley. It's really funny. Like they don't even really bother to find out what these are or who these are. They're just like, ah, of course, another day. <laughs> just another fucking thing for us, right? And so Rebecca is like, oh, I'm impressed. And Haley's like, how'd you find me? And she's like, your text got me halfway. They appearing to the rest. And she says, who are they? To which Haley replies, witches, warlocks, whatever. <laughs> uh, so then uh, more guys start running towards them. So they're like, fuck, like, we got to go. Uh, and Rebecca murmurs to herself, I had a dollar for every mess my family's got me into. And then both of them are shot with arrows. <laughs> Thankfully, Haley's shot in the shoulder mm-hmm. and not her heart or her belly. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, it seems they want her for specific reasons, so I think they would know where to shoot her. Mm-hmm. But it's dark. How do they know who's who? They could be werewolves. They could be vampires. We don't know. Oh, that's true. Which is warlocks. They ignore me. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing great. Uh, we're, we're, all, we're all doing great. Um, so then... Um, Marcel runs into Cammy and is like, where's Davina? And she's like, she went to meet a boy at St. Anne's. And Marcel's like, okay, Jesus fucking Christ, stay here in case she comes back. Uh, then in the bayou, Rebecca. Why did Klaus let her remember that? Maybe. Th- I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> Maybe he was just like in too much of a rush. <laughs> that seems he's doing so much planning for, for war. I don't think he would forget that part. He told her to forget about all this anyway. Like, <sighs> he probably didn't know that uh, she would run into Marcel. See, here's the thing: I'm treating compulsion like as the sire bond, which is so literal. Yeah, it. I don't know. Yeah, the answer is I don't know. Uh, much, much like everything, I'm like I don't know why anyone's doing what they're doing. It's just because it's it's sloppy writing is the answer. That's what the answer to our questions is. Yeah, like it. It just feels a little little muddy, a little murky. Uh, but I don't know, but like, again, writing, writing a TV show is hard and like starting a new show is really hard. So I, I like want to be sympathetic to that, but it, at the end of the day, like this is, I mean, not really we'll doing see it for me. how the next episode is. Cause you know who it's written by, right? Julie Pleck and Marguerite McIntyre, who you may know as Liz goddamn Ford. Hell yeah, baby. Yes. Wow. Yeah, Lizzie. Um, so Rebecca wakes up in the middle of the 
they're you know surrounded by bodies and she's like what the fuck and she can't find Haley. so that's fucking bad given that she just like committed to like protecting her on elijah's behalf that is uh even worse than if like rebecca didn't want Haley to be like in danger the idea that she's doing this for elijah and now she's in danger like no that makes my heart break because you know more than letting herself down it's bad for rebecca to let elijah down because she respects him so much imagine disappointing elijah that i'm sure i would i suck not you do not take that (laughs) back i'm muting myself again i suck incorrect um it would break my heart to disappoint elijah yeah no, I don't want to do it. <laughs> That'd be like the worst feeling. I would never promise him anything. Can you get me a <laughs> glass of water? No promises. But if in a minute a glass of water appears in your hand that I and I give it to you, I suppose you can attribute that to me. Goodbye. <laughs> I would just be like too many questions. Like how much ice do you want? Like is this too much ice or is this too little ice? <laughs> I just took a sip of my bourbon. <laughs> Forgetting that this is just like the refill. So it's just bourbon and not mixed with anything. <laughs> it was a big sip. I wasn't. Oh, you're with me <laughs> drinking it straight. Yeah, because I was to the refill, but I wasn't thinking about that part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whoops! <laughs> big sip club. <laughs> um. So, uh, Davina wakes up. She's like, "Oh my god, Tim!" Like she's running around. She's looking for him. He's not there. Uh, she runs out like in her like search to find him. We reveal Klaus. He's like up um up high on this like pew and he's like on his cell phone with Rebecca and he's like what the fuck do you mean Haley's missing and she's like what the fuck do you think I mean there's blood and bodies everywhere someone's ripped this lot to shreds and there's no smart aleck pregnant girl (laughs) oh no and Klaus is like all right I'm (laughs) on my way keep looking so then he uh grabs Tim who's like don't hurt me and Klaus is like I didn't want to but and he shoves him off the balcony and Tim falls presumably to his death. He then also throws Tim's violin off the thing <laughs> off the balcony too, which is rude. Um then uh we cut to like possibly a little bit of time later, Davina finds Tim like laying on the floor in the broken glass. He's like not his breathing doesn't sound good. Things aren't looking good for our young fiddler um <laughs> and she's like no no like i'm so sorry like i didn't mean to hurt you and uh klaus walks over and is like ah oh, yes one of the tragic consequences of war <laughs> you did this bitch and uh, he's like yeah uh, such looks like you have to like live with a lot of guilt about having young timothy's blood on your hands little bitch like and he's just like, well, I guess I could heal him if you asked me to. Absolutely. Here's the thing: I'm really liking Klaus in the originals. <laughs> this is like such a bitch move, and I love it. It is absolute bad boy shit. It is. It is very. Um. It, it is deliciously evil. I. I. I get that read yeah. on it. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to put that out there. <laughs> it is. I'm also just kind of like. It's so weird because he's like, yeah, I'll be friends with Davina. And I'm like, what teenager would want to be friends with you instead of being friends with Marcel? (laughs) Like, imagine showing any teenager. You could be friends with 
Klaus Michelson, who's constantly screaming and breaking bottles and convinced everyone's conspiring against him. Or you could be friends with Marcel, who is the coolest person I've ever seen. But not even a teenager. Me as an adult woman. Anyone. Marcel, hands down. (laughs) Even as much as you're liking Klaus, you're still like, Marcel. Yeah, Marcel. Like, it's like, you're not going to seduce her away. (laughs) It's just not going to happen. Which Um, is why he had to kill her crush. (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. Uh, And so, you know, he's like, yeah. Uh, So he gives Tim his blood and he's like, cool. He compels him to forget everything that happened after the concert, including the fact that he saw Davina. And he's like, if he remembers you, he might come looking. And if the witches learn about him, they'll know you have a weakness and he could become leverage in a scheme to control you. Again, (laughs) that is my favorite beat of this all at Klaus Weiss. And he's like, yeah, someone might uh, do this awful thing to you, which I definitely didn't just do. (laughs) (laughs) Klaus, you scamp. Um, and so he's like, yeah, take your violin. He, he compels poor Tim to be like, to, to um, think he lost his violin. And he's like, you should really be more careful. <laughs> and he's like, cool. So he's all fixed. And now Davina owes Klaus a favor. Yikes. Um, Marcel shows up. Klaus is not there. He's like, oh, my God, like, what are you doing here? And Davina is pissed. And she's like, I live here, remember? And then she storms off. And I got to admit, I'm, like, a little bit confused because earlier when Klaus was like, here are the reasons to not like Marcel, she was like, yeah, those don't bother me. But I think that's that was a front for Klaus. Fair enough. Yeah. And then I think the words got to her after. Yeah, and she's, I mean, like, I I think she also probably just, like, has no one else she feels like she can blame for the whole situation she's in than, like, Marcel, who's, like, you know, taken charge of her situation for so long and not really let her have a lot of, like, agency in deciding what she does with herself, which is sad. Like, admittedly, not fun. Um, So uh, at the clinic... Uh, Rebecca and Klaus have a little meetup, and uh, she's like, huh, you abandoned your quest for power to help out your family having an off day? Uh, Klaus is like, okay, who took her? And Rebecca says, I don't know. And she's like, I had an arrow in my heart. Like, it wasn't Haley who killed them. And then we hear some awooing in the distance. Gerald. <laughs> Gerald's on the prowl. It is. It is Gerald, I will say. It is. I'm right. Okay. <laughs> I mean, or another wolf, but I, it makes sense if it's Gerald. Oh, uh, yeah, Latoya would know that. Sorry, oh, anywhere. Oh, <laughs> oh, woo. <laughs> yeah, do, it has to go come in your throat. That's why I'm gonna like lose my voice Awoo. doing the impression Awoo. for some reason. <laughs> woo, Haley. <laughs> oh my god. Then, uh, like suddenly, Haley's outside and she's looking real dazed and unwell. And they're like, what happened? And she's like, I cannot remember. Uh, But rather than being wounded by that arrow or like, you know, anything she might have acquired, you know, stumbling around the woods, she is like, there's not a scratch on her. And Haley's like, yeah, perks of being a werewolf, remember? And Klaus says, no, it's not that fast. And then Rebecca realizes it. She says, it's the baby, like the vampire blood. Klaus's vampire blood in your system, it can heal any wound like your child healed you. Uh, And Klaus like smiles at the thought that, you know, little unnamed baby Michelson is is healing Haley, which is nice. 
I mean, you did say the baby's name earlier in this episode, Morgan. Hmm? I you also had, figured it out. So oh. yeah, Jill figured it out, but you also did say it. Oh, whoops, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> As um, we were talking about legacies. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, like, Rebecca's like, how did any of this happen? And Haley's like, I think this wolf saved me. And Klaus is like, the witches were supposed to protect you. And he's like, when I get my hands on Sophie Devereaux. And Haley goes, it wasn't Sophie, it was Agnes. And Klaus is like, whatever, it's all the fucking same to me. Sophie has so little to do with what the witches are up to. And Rebecca's like, well, not if Elijah gets here first. And Haley's like, huh, Elijah? Like, Elijah's gonna be back? And Rebecca's like, he's been in touch and he has a plan. He wants to take care of you. And Haley's like, cool, can we go home now? I'd like to sleep for a few days. And Klaus carries her home because, you know, her knees are weak. And it's uh, it's interesting. It's these, uh, they are uncomfortable, weird uh, patchwork family uh, continues to stick together in one way or another. So this, this scene, I loved and i don't think it's going to play out how i want um but i do like the idea of like friend parents <laughs> i know Klaus parents. can't have friends but the idea of them like just being friendly with each other and getting along and raising a kid together i really like that idea you like put friends with kids you like platonic yeah. co-parents jennifer west yes. calls friends with kids <laughs> yes which it was a relief for me after editing the originals backdoor pilot when I was so fucking scared <laughs> the whole episode I was like I don't I don't know if I'm gonna like the originals guys <laughs> um so I like this this made me feel better yeah I like the the idea that they're like forming this like strange family that is entirely like bound together by like chance and circumstance in some ways and like shifting alliances and various people's wants and needs and ideals like is really cool and yeah it can be upsetting when they all get pushed so far out from that central hub because i just want them i want all their dynamics to be like insular and everything instead is so turned outwards and i'm like no i'm fascinated by this like i want to know yeah. how you guys all fit together and work together and live together um so that's why i really like season two as i've said a million times mm-hmm. and so i am I'm looking, stuff like that. looking forward to that uh, and yeah uh obviously we said 13 is the big one and i i double checked it is but uh next episode which again is uh written by julie pleck and marguerite mcintyre it does go into it, it tells us what davina's whole deal is so oh cool it is a fun episode that I did. Uh, I I can share a meme that I made from, from it. So. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I love a meme. Um, so then uh, at the pit, um, Marcel <laughs> is, uh, he's like pissed. He's talking to his night walkers, including um, uh, Diego and Josh. Day, his, his day walkers also, because uh, Diego was a day walker. Yes, I know. I'm sorry. My, again, it's a transcript thing. Uh, so yeah, sorry. Uh, talking to his vampires, uh, day walkers and night walkers alike. Um, and Marcel's like, what the fuck? I said, watch the girls. Like, And he's like, I'm sorry. Your little friend sneaks away from your party and that's our fault. And Isn't he, he say it's like her little friend? Like it's 
Cammy's friend, like, because he's really detaching the fact that he even knows who Davina is. Yeah, he's like, your girl's little friend sneaks away. And so Marcel's like, what, like, mad at him. And Diego's like, what, are you going to send me to the garden too? Which I also think is, like, valid. Diego has a reason to be angry. Yeah, like, what happened to Thierry was, like, shitty. And the lads, (laughs) the lads have been ruined because of Klaus Michelson. But, like, if I were Marcel, I'd be like, try me. I mean, that's essentially what happens. Like, Marcel uh, snaps his neck and then says to Josh, when he wakes up, tell him an apology would have gotten him a lot further than his attitude. We are, because we are supposed to imagine that, like, Diego and Thierry are Marcel's friends and he has actual friends, unlike Klaus, but the way he's behaving is very Klaus now. He's kind of spiraling. Yes, like Klaus is is getting to him, like much like he wanted. And he's being reactive and angry and he's not trusting the infrastructure that he's built, uh, which is, you know, like that's a problem. Like Marcel is, you're like, right, like not acting like himself. He's not relying on the system that he built because he's like feeling defensive and scared and worried about all these people he has to protect like you know because like he the the feelings he has for Davina and for Cammy, they're the kind of things that Klaus does not let himself have and I think that that's a huge difference between them like Klaus is so scared of having that weakness he has none of the strengths that come along with being close to people mm-hmm. which again like Mar- Marcel and Klaus like that's I just they're oh, <laughs> it's great this I more them they, they don't even they, like do they have like one scene together this episode come on oh wow that's they a great not. point like, yeah that's the thing is i'm just like why are you so far away from everything that at least in my opinion is the show and again it's because but they have so many scenes with cammy both of them so you know yeah and again it's just like obviously i don't make the show and i'm it's not for me to decide what is good and what is not um but I, all of a sudden <laughs> five seasons into this podcast <laughs> it's not for us to decide what's good and bad about these shows actually i don't know i i i like like i'm saying this is what i think the show should be and like that's you know arbitrary and like i'm not well, right it's, it's the reason why davina is better than cammy because like at least with davina you have like the parallel to like the klaus and Marcel relationship because this is like his daughter. Yeah, there's something about like the the children instead of like what is it a, a, a father and son fighting over the same girl? <laughs> and that girl's not even Rebecca right now. I know, uh, and that girl's not even related <laughs> to one of them. Um, so yeah, Jesus, Aunt Rebecca. <laughs> Marcel called her Aunt Rebecca. Aunt Rebecca. <laughs> No. Ew. <laughs> um. So Rebecca wanders into the bar and she's like, "Oh my god, I heard what happened at the church. I hear they're calling it a gas leak." Ooh. <laughs> and Marcel's like, "Hmm, I heard you were quite a woman on a mission today." And she's like, "What can I say? I want Elijah back." And Marcel's like, "Is that all you want?" And he gets into her face and he's like, "You'll get Elijah back. In the meantime, stay out of this bar and stay away from my guys." And Rebecca's like, are you jealous? And Marcel says, me? I've already found my queen. Okay. (laughs) To which Rebecca reacts, Cammy, the bartender, stop fooling yourself, Marcel. She's comfort food. Something to distract you from what you really want. After all these years, it's impossible to deny because I'm standing right in front of you. (laughs) 
And then he does, he again leans in really close and then walks past her. And this is where I'm like, does Rebecca know what comfort food is? No, she does not. Know what comfort, comfort <laughs> food is? What? Yeah, that's not what, not, well, like, I would argue that if you're going to be in a relationship with someone and use a food metaphor, comfort food is a great food metaphor for what you want in a partner. <laughs> Something reliable that makes you feel at home and warm and safe and nice comfort food is something that makes you like like unfulfilled and like wanting something no it fills you up yeah yeah <laughs> you, you end a comfort food meal feeling pleased <laughs> Rebecca, please. what are you talking about rebecca rebecca like has not eaten food in forever like like, like you know like other people who like you know eat food to get by and pretend whereas rebecca's just like no i just drink blood like and, and has no conception of what food is like anymore she's like comfort food everyone rebecca that's not whatever it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bex i love you though uh, then we have this scene in Cammy's apartment, which we have touched on a couple times before, and it is essentially to to widen out. It is a scene where Klaus decides that if he is going to use Cammy as a pawn, her, her like agenda and you know desire to like find out what happened to her brother and rectify it and bring justice to people and get closure for herself needs to be taken off the table. Because he, like, it's too much of a variable for him. So he ends up compelling it away from her, even as she begs him not to. Like, you know, he decides what he wants is more important than what she wants. Um, Which I think is, I totally buy. And because I think this is a great concept for a scene, I wanted to be more on Cammy's side for it. Whereas, like, watching at my current state, as I've mentioned, Cammy, not my gal. Um, it, it it just kind of feels like it's putting Cammy in the position, like like we've talked about Bonnie and people like that, of being in the way of what the show is about. And so it's like, yeah, of course we want Klaus to like take her memories away so he can like you know do his agenda and the show can happen, um, rather than like really engaging in the like tragedy of it and especially since we only just found out that cammy has this thing it can only feel so bad for it to be pulled away from her because we haven't experienced her having this as a part of her for more than like two scenes but i think it's like a serious enough memory that it worked for me and i think i you guys don't like her acting right i think the character is not well written and i don't think leah pipes knows what she's supposed to do with this character which is kind of understandable yeah but there is there was a i don't remember the lines at (laughs) all but there is a point where she where like something just flips and you can hear the panic and she starts like raising her voice more and that like i felt that that is her best performance but i'm like this is not a character i've known until now and and to be fair i've only known her for like four episodes so no i i am watching it as though i've only known her for four episodes (laughs) and she's been a different character every fucking episode but i am also watching it having only seen four episodes Mm. and it it doesn't bump that much for me yeah like i think it ends up being kind of like a taster's choice thing because i i do think like while 
you're currently in a podcast where it's like a two-on-one situation with us not really liking Cammy and you vibing with her more. Like there are a lot of people out there who like Cammy and who this character like like we're in the minority as usual. Yeah. And I I would like I would like like to like Cammy. It would um be a relief. Um but <laughs> so far it just for for me it just doesn't cohere with other things but i do want to talk about the scene i think it's really good like i think the idea is that like you know like she invites him in and she's like yeah i've never told anybody about what happened and he's like but you said something about sean like standing alone against all his demons and she kind of realizes like what if my brother was compelled like what if it wasn't like him just snapping like what if magic did this to him and klaus is like okay so if like, like, say that is the case and you devote yourself to finding whoever did this. And he seems very broken up about this. He's like, would you sacrifice everything to find out the truth? Like, to what end? And she's like, to what end? This is the whole reason I'm fucking here. And Klaus is like, okay, but whatever lies on the other end of this mystery will only offer you pain. Nothing brings your brother back. Your only hope for peace is to forget this. And it is it is interesting, the idea that Klaus is like someone with – like zero emotional maturity and yet so much power like that he is deciding what is best for this woman who like like this isn't what's best for her like it's what's best for him i was very much on cammy's side in this scene yeah um like 100 i mean her brain is already swiss cheese in record time Poor gal. We're just we're just reda- how much of Cammy's brain is redacted now? <laughs> Gonna give her a break. How many of her memories are just have a big black line through them? Klaus, redacted, redacted, hot, redacted, redacted, redacted. <laughs> oh. Poor girl. Um, so she's like begging him. She's like, don't compel me to forget this. And he's like, if I like let you remember this, like the knowledge is going to eat away at you. Your quest for truth will only put you in danger. And she says, you don't care about me. Like you only want to forget this so that I focus on Marcel. So I'll be a good little spy for you. And I love this turn. And I love and I like just like, wish it was like more vicious. Like I wish there was more. Um, I think one of the things that I have that I that I wish was that she could do more to hurt him. You know? Like it, it feels so uneven that it like might as well not have happened. Like not that I think like Joseph Morgan isn't doing a good job like feeling tortured. It just feels to me like a little rushed. Like I think this would have been something it would have been really nice to let breathe and stretch out a little longer so that this this like climactic moment could really punch. Um, also, yeah. thinking now in general with Cammy's, you know, psychoanalyzing, like Klaus's psychosis is the most obvious thing in the world. He's a bastard and he wants to fuck his sister. We know his issues. He's also a mama's boy. And you don't need a character to say these things that it, they are on. <laughs> they are essentially on the page. <laughs> and this is her whole character, which is saying all these things. Everyone knows, like, this isn't The Sopranos. Uh, this is not, <laughs> there's yeah. not a depth to, to Klaus in that sense that he needs a, a therapist. Like, maybe therapy would help, but he <laughs> knows all of the issues he has to address. He's just refusing to address them. Everyone tells him these issues every day of his goddamn life. But I do want to bring up, because I also want to look at it as if I were 
someone who had never seen The Vampire Diaries. Okay. So I think maybe you need something like that to show viewers who are not familiar with Klaus that, like, there's more going on. But they keep saying these things in exposition anyway. Yeah. Yeah, and it... it... There, I think there's. The, the, I'm sorry. Like the introduction of the pilot is literally Elijah even saying he's my half brother. Like in that flashback when they're first coming to New Orleans, like him being a bastard is part of that. Like that's how much they are spoon feeding everything. It, it, I think it's to, to me the problem is less about reiterating and more about the like being a problem and more about the way that that reiteration is dramatized like the idea that she kind of just is like like rattling off a bunch of stuff rather than you us watching her discover these things and really like yeah um pushing him and getting things back and like making assumptions and then having those assumptions be proven wrong. Like the, the given the take of the knowledge, like it's more just like, yeah, nothing gets past her. She can read him like, you know, like a book, like on day one. And to that, that is not inherently like super dramatically interesting, at least like to me. Yeah. Um, that's fair. So like, like that, like I, I, I don't mind the restating of things. I just more mind like, Every time she says something about him, it should also be saying something about her. And instead, all it says about her is she's perceptive. And, like, if I'm just, like, repeatedly told that she's, like, perceptive, I'm like, okay, she's perceptive. Like, does she, like... <laughs> what else? Yeah. She got anything else going on in there besides the ability to perceive what's going on with other people? And and characters that are are like that, I think, tend to become... I have very little patience for because they feel so like crutchy to me, you know, and I, and that is, that is a thing that I think is also like a taster's choice. Like I have a really short fuse for, um, which, cause it's not like you can't do that better. And it's not like characters can't grow past being that, but I, it gets, gets me angry too fast. (laughs) (laughs) And so we all know I'm a, Awful, hateful bitch. Um, (laughs) So um, Klaus is like, hey, like I'm like, you know, uh, he's like, I need your loyalty. And I know like what I'm doing appears selfish, but like this plan's like bigger than me. Like I'm honoring my brother. She's like, what the fuck? What about my brother? Like, I know he didn't snap. Like, I need to know who did this. I need to make it right. Don't take it away from me. And he does. He says, you will do nothing. Your brother was ill. He killed those people and himself. And it was a tragedy. All you can do is move on. And, you know, he lets her go. And he says, know that your brother is at peace and that you needn't worry. I'll find out what happened. And when I do, I'll make sure whoever harmed your brother will suffer. And as for you, tonight, you will sleep and you will dream of a world that is far better than this one. A world where there is no evil, no demons. And all people desire only to be good. Um, I feel like that's going to fuck it up in the future. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, oh, yes, um, I trust Klaus to dole out my justice. Think about the biggest (laughs) grudge you have. And imagine Klaus Michelson taking it away and being like, don't worry, I'll handle this one. I'd be like, no, (laughs) (laughs) bitch, you will not dole out justice correctly. (laughs) (laughs) Suddenly my justice will become all about you. So our final scene takes place in Davina's room. She's cradling Tim's broken violin. 
she's sad um and uh she she's makes her window chimes play the song tim played for her but then she hears something behind her and she turns and it is elijah he's looking real gray <laughs> he still looks like a dang ass zombie he does. yeah <laughs> i wasn't sure if that was just like my lighting <laughs> No, he's just like, he is not, he's still not fed in so long that he looks like shit. And he says, it's all right, Davina, I don't mean you any harm. Though I do think it's time we had a talk. (laughs) And uh, then they smile at each other and we end our episode. Um, Elijah, I definitely would trust with my big, uh, my biggest grudge. Oh, yeah. If Elijah was like, I got it, I'm taking it away and I'm going to handle it, I'd be like, I'd be like, thanks, babe. <laughs> All you. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Can't wait to see how that turns out. <laughs> um, Rebecca, do you want Rebecca to handle your biggest grudge? No. She would kill so many people, even if they were not the grudge. Yeah. I mean, not to kill. She would just do a lot of torture. She did find out about April Young's dad, and that she she found that information out oh, just to torture on uh, Atticus Shane, and that's good actually. So you know what? It's good to me. She did fairly well by April. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, not that we'll ever see April again, yeah. but like she did well by her. Like again, I we I have to like look. Is, did Julie ever say anything about April Young? I have to look into it. Right. Clue. Um. <laughs> Now I have a crucial question. Who would you rather carry out your grudge revenge, Finn or Cole? Cole. See, Cole would murder a bunch of innocent victims. That's the thing. I don't know. Sage saw something in Finn, so maybe he is... He would do something. I'm like, Finn is so boring, you guys. I feel like Finn would never offer. Like, Yeah, no. He'd kill himself first. <laughs> then I would like to nominate Finn to do (laughs) get the fuck out of (laughs) here get his bitch ass out (laughs) um would now be a good time for some rankings yeah uh let me do some rankings let me grab my uh last originals rankings. we actually have a list this time is there five there's six (gasps) you stop it i don't believe you (laughs) i don't believe this you guys are going to love number six. <laughs> is it Cammie? Is it Gerard? Gerald. Gerald. <laughs> Gerald. Gerald is going to get an honorable mention. Oh, um, so there's six and an honorable mention. Jesus. Yes. Yep. Jesus. So Gerald gets my honorable mention. Again, uh, Jill, once he finally comes to fruition, we have to nip this in the bud because I can't, I cannot allow we'll this see. to We'll see. We'll see. Oh. But number six, <laughs> mm-hmm. we have Father Kieran. Hello, hello. <laughs> Daddy Kieran, if you will. <laughs> I had to add him. He seems cool. I don't know. I love that you were like worried about uh, how we would feel about you feeling Father Kieran. I'm like, no, this is good to me. No, that's allowed. Guys, <laughs> if you don't like most of the new characters... <laughs> Here's the thing. He's not a series regular, so... <laughs> okay. We're clearly vibing with non-series regulars of new characters. Okay, okay. So Father Kieran is a good one. <laughs> yeah, he's cutie. <laughs> okay, cool. So mean. Um, <laughs> number five. Mm-hmm. Because of the scene where he picks up Haley <laughs> is Klaus. Wow. I would think Klaus would be higher, considering how much you're loving him on his show. 
But everyone else is so much cooler. Somehow Tyler's going to be number one. That is down two from last week where he was number three. (laughs) Three out of three, right? (laughs) Yeah, three of three. (laughs) Um, Number four is Elijah. Hell yeah, King. He's back. Um, Number three is Rebecca. Hell yes. That's down one from last week. Because number two is Haley. Yeah, yes. baby. As soon as she headbutt that woman, I was like, God, I love you. <laughs> and she just kept kicking ass. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, she's so cool. <laughs> and um, Jill, who's uh, number one? Um, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> has not changed since we started this series. <laughs> <laughs> Marcel. <laughs> Crazy. The fucking king. The king. I love him. Like, unbelievable how cool he is. Every word that comes out of his mouth, just yeah. dripping in charisma. <laughs> when he was talking with Father Kieran and he had like this slight snotty smirk as he was like saying everything, I was like, God, <laughs> you're so cool. Like that is a good adversary for him. Like someone I buy is like a yeah. – like, th- like that good, good, good world building. <laughs> yeah. That was awesome. I really liked that part. Two men. <laughs> <laughs> Two alphas. Um, I have a really weird crush. Is it Father Kieran? No. Is it Agnes? (laughs) Is it the doctor? It is Diego. (laughs) I love that. Something this episode, it just clicked. His scenes with Rebecca in the bar, he was just being a little shit. He was giving me a real sense of place and history in the world in a way a lot of people didn't. That's the thing about Cammy is like when she's like, I have a past. I'm like, no, you don't. Like, you're here to talk to Klaus about himself. Like, it, none of it feels real to me but diego when he's like what happened to Thierry's bullshit like i'm like we're like this isn't how things are supposed to be i'm like you're right diego this isn't how they're supposed to be and also what's up <laughs> you're gonna hang out like he was just he was cute and he was feisty and i just believed him in a way that i'm i'm having trouble believing other things in the show and that felt really nice and that is why he is my crush this week Hello, Diego. That's a great choice. Thank you so much. I approve. <laughs> Latoya? I am so upset right now, and I'm being distracted. I have not thought of a crush at all. Oh. I, uh, I don't know if they know at all, because I keep muting myself, but uh, terrible neighbors is what's happening here. I'm sorry. Oh, it's sorry. like Jill talks the most she's ever spoke. I know. <laughs> she is filling the gaps for me. <laughs> she was upset. I hate talking, so this is a lot. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Who's hot? I'll say Father Kieran. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Jill? Who's your crush? Uh, mine is Father Kieran and Marcel <laughs> in that scene where they're, like, threatening each other. <laughs> yeah. So good. They're very, they are hot. <laughs> yeah. Um, just, it's good shit. Um, I yeah. forget everything that I said. This is good. Um. I yeah, I'm excited to to keep getting into this with you guys. I'm I'm really I'm stoked to get to some of the stuff that I know is like is stronger and um I'm really excited to get into season 2, but even just to get deeper into one. It'll be fun. I'm excited for the next episode cuz like I I really I won't say I really liked Davina in this episode, 
but I did enjoy her more than I have been. So I want to know more about she her. She was better because she was a real person. Yeah. This episode. <laughs> and she she also like had a want. Like, look, we 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 know what she's versus. She doesn't like the <laughs> old ones. But but as we as we've said uh, about many a character in this universe, we can't we have to know what they want. We have to know what they're for, not just what they're against. And like being for uh, you know curly haired boy with a violin like it's something <laughs> yeah go off it's believable yeah she just wants to be normal yeah <laughs> but she can't <laughs> you never can in these situations can you yeah. well maybe next week <laughs> <laughs> again reading her origin um it's fucking gnarly <laughs> I am excited actually because it's just like holy shit. Yeah, the show is some gnarly shit. I'm excited to get into that. <laughs> this is off topic, but I have to say, as I've been sipping Brothers Bond this whole time, uh, that it's a great bourbon for like a hot toddy. Mm. Yes, like I bet this will make a great hot toddy. Mm. That sweetness, baby. Yeah, makes a great um like Kentucky mule. That's all I got. Goes down smooth. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. As you can hear from me on this recording. <laughs> um, <laughs> should we plug? If by now you don't know where to find us, I don't know what you're doing. It's because you don't know where to find us, Morgan. That's what it is. Yeah, I I don't. Um, you can. I I'll pull up the Twitter if you get the Instagram. Yeah, baby. <laughs> this is teamwork makes the dream work. Maybe you should put it like in a doc on your screen. I, I mean, I'm not going to do it, but like, I feel like you should. I have some plans for some edits to my podcasting area. Or you could look at the show <laughs> notes on any of our podcast episodes where they're all compiled. Oh, yeah. That would be the quickest way. You can look at our show notes, but our uh, Twitter handle is... No, I'm telling you guys, not them. Like, you guys could do that oh. <laughs> right now. Yeah, I'm, tr- I'm doing that right now. Um, well, I have the Twitter up. The Twitter is at Amp Diaries Pod. And the Instagram is at Empire Diaries Pod. Uh, you can go to our website, theempiradiariespod.com. Uh, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Amp Diaries Pod. Um, we have a TikTok. Uh, you can find that however you like. And um, I don't know. Uh, we have a thing. We have fun things going on on the Patreon book club. Join us. It'll be nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And do we want to talk about the next episode? Or? I mean, we did. We did. What's yeah. the next episode called? Uh, I don't know. Some probably terrible title. That's probably a better title than, yeah, it's better, the best title we've had so far because yeah. this one can just figure it out who the Sinners of the Saints are. Whereas we're like, I don't know why things are blue or I don't know who's the girl. <laughs> Uh, is Father Kieran in the next episode? Uh, I think so. Forgive me, Father. <laughs> no. You have to go. He, he is. He is. Yeah. All right. Of course he's on Sinners and Saints. <laughs> um, so people credited as hot girl and hot guy are in this episode. Ooh. Wow. Ooh la la. Well, I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, until next time, gang. Uh, when you draw... May it not be frantic. (laughs) (laughs) Here.
Oh, oh.